Season four of How We Win is here. For the past four years, we've been making history in critical elections all over the country. And last year, we made history again by expanding our majority in the Senate, eating election-denying Republicans in crucial state house races, and fighting back a non-existent red wave. But the MAGA Republicans who plotted and pardoned the attempted overthrow of our government now control the House, thanks to gerrymandered maps and repressive anti-voter laws. And the chaotic spectacle we've already seen shows us just how far they will go to seize power, dismantle our government, and take away our freedoms. So the official podcast of The Persistence is back with season four. There's so much more important work ahead of us to fight for equity, justice, and our very democracy itself. We'll take you behind the lines and inside the rooms where it happens with strategy and inspiration from progressive changemakers all over the country. And we'll dig deep into the weekly news that matters most and what you can do about it with messaging and communications expert, co-founder of Way to Win, and our new co-host, Jennifer Fernandez-Ancona. So join Steve and I every Wednesday for your weekly dose of inspiration, action, and hope. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Jennifer Fernandez-Ancona. And And this this is is How We Win. Win. Hello, Muller Junkies. The investigation is heating up, and you can get all of the info by becoming a patron. In addition to getting awesome gifts like stickers, shirts, and the sexy justice calendar, you get the key to access all our bonus episodes, over 30, and then all the future bonus episodes, too. You also get our MSW Book Club episodes, and this week we start reviewing Fear by Bob Woodward. Patronage also includes our weekly newsletter with infographics, the best memes and photos of the week, and my personal show notes to include links to all the pertinent articles and court filings. Finally, you get access to our closed Facebook discussion group where you can participate in our fantasy indictment draft. All of that is yours for as little as $1 through October 1st, at which time the price goes up to 3 bucks. So visit MullerSheWrote.com or Patreon.com slash MullerSheWrote today and join us. You'll be glad you did. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I am your anonymous host, A.G., I work for the Trump executive branch, so I have to use a pseudonym to avoid detection and to comply with the Hatch Act, also known as crushing the Hatch Act or smashing the Crotch Act, as I so eloquently misspoke one time. Uh, With me, as always, is Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. Uh, 
we're glad you're here, Jordan. You weren't going to be here. Yes. And I, then you were, and then you weren't because you're sick. Yep. And I'm also sick. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Am I next? Is that what this I means? don't know. It's not looking good for you. Really, so. <laughs> yeah, it's not. You're, you're trapped in this room with us and... Uh, I won't hold it against you, Jordan. No, there's germs in Thank these you. curtains and they're coming for you. Yeah, I've had an upper respiratory infection for like eight days now. Oh, God damn. Oh, that's a long time. It's really long. Uh, I'm sorry. I know. The sickness of the White House is contagious. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bringing us all down physically. It's it's physiological at this point. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we are glad you're here, Jordan. We're glad you made it. Thank you. So this is going to be our most epic episode to date. Right? Like an episode, if you will. We'll come up with a name for it. Uh, Jaleesa, you're going to give us an update on Boutina. Yes. And Jordan, you're going to brief us on the latest Kavanaugh yes. uh, issues that are happening, which has been postponed for a week. I'm excited. Uh, I'll be covering our Felony Friday. And today we have very special guests, Scott Dworkin of the Dworkin Report. We've had him on before, a friend of the pod. He's here to talk about uh, his ethics complaint filings to the D.C. District Court on Kavanaugh, which is kind of cool. And uh, he's going to be helping us out with our Q&A, um, which is fun because he knows everything. And then we have CNN legal analyst and former federal prosecutor Renato Mariotti. But before we get going, I say that because it's very Italian. So oh, yeah. I, I like could the say, way you pronounce it. Yeah, I yeah. could say Renato Mariotti, but I'm like, Renato Mariotti. <laughs> hit those T's hard. Uh, Not but often if, you get a double T opportunity. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um I was just going to say what my name is, but then that would be bad. (laughs) Oh, good good catch. Yeah. No double T's in my name. Ignore that. Uh, Before we get going, we have some corrections from last week. First, I had said last week that op-ed is short for opinion editorial, but it is not. It is short for opposite the editorial because it traditionally appears opposite. Uh, to the editorial page in print on in the you know print newspapers the thing that used to happen uh, we used to get our newspapers in print it's yeah. weird oh yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's, li- that's a fun fact kind of like yeah. above the fold I don't know what that yeah means. when people are like that's above the fold <laughs> that means that's important right because in the huh. papers above the fold means you're headline of wow. course the fold it's above the fold I thought it meant like you were above the fray or you were above the secrecy of the i don't know i don't know what it meant but then then i was like oh above the fold is literally just means you're yeah i used to read the cartoons (laughs) yeah funny papers are below the fold and above the fold but in the middle of the paper opposite nothing because it takes up the whole both i had no idea the fold was like the see more of a facebook status (laughs) (laughs) translate (laughs) it makes sense now (laughs) anyway so Op-ed, not opinion editorial, opposite the editorial. Um, So there you go. I also asserted that the Supreme Court ruled that Fox News could lie. Uh, It was not the Supreme Court, and it was not Fox News. Uh, It was a case much in a much lower court, and it it was for all news outlets. So be aware of that. Um, I lied. And I have the uh, right to do so because of the Supreme Court. No, I don't. I, I, don't. I was just incorrect. I had heard that somewhere. Uh, and I was do I was pulling a Trump. I heard it. I've heard it from many people, mm-hmm. many scholars. And so I said it. Yeah. Uh, and I have to actually get used to the fact that the things I say uh, go out to a lot of people now, and I have to be responsible. <laughs> yeah, Trump. we're all held way more accountable. <laughs> exactly. But would Trump ever correct himself? That's the oh, difference, no. right? Yeah, no, yeah. Neither would, would Fox. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if you, there were a Trump corrections, like every other day, he'd be spending ten hours <laughs> correcting everything he said the day before. So it can't. No, there's no way. That's a start. Anyway, uh, if you have any corrections, if you hear me say anything in the show that's you're like, dude, that's BSAG, BSAG, 
Um, oh. Maybe I'll set up a new email account, BSAG. <laughs> but for now, just email us at hello at com. We'll be happy to get the truth out there. That's what we do. We're very reactive podcast, mm-hmm. as you might have noticed. Yeah, we're prone to error sometimes. I'm very prone to error, and I'm completely happy to admit that. Uh, in the meantime, guys, we have a ton of news this week to get to. So let's jump in with just the facts. <laughs> So all the way back to last weekend, it seems like a decade ago, uh, ABC reported that Cohen has said he will tear up the Stormy Daniels agreement. And apparently, apparently Trump was on board with this. And this came out in a court filing late last Friday by essential consultants. <laughs> it's fucking essential. Uh, they agreed to dissolve the nondisclosure agreement, barring Stormy from discussing her affair with Trump. Cohen did this because he believes that ending the NDA or the nondisclosure agreement divests the court of jurisdiction over the contract dispute. So therefore, he can then ask the court to dismiss her claim, which explains why Trump is on board, right? He wants this whole thing dismissed. It's a lame attempt to try to prevent Trump from being deposed in the case, because if you're deposed, you can be asked anything. uh, And you have to tell the truth. So if he effed Stormy Daniels in the A with a D, you have to (laughs) say that you did that. Um, And he doesn't want to do that because poor Melania. Yeah. Would they Uh, make them go into such detail? I don't don't know. God, I hope not. No, I don't think so. I think it would just be did you have sexual, sexual relations, relations with that woman? Or I intercourse. Did not have sexual relations yeah. with that woman. Yeah, and it would be end up that, and then you would be lying. So uh, Avenatti has called it a legal stunt, and I agree with him on this. Um, I don't agree with him on a lot of things, but I agree with him on this. It won't work. Uh, keep We'll keep a spyglass on it for you. Somebody, <laughs> Is that a new one? I don't know. <laughs> Somebody posted a picture of uh, our spyglass lady, and she was like, you, you know how you burn ants with a mm-hmm. magnifying glass through the sun? We were They were doing that to the top of Trump's head. I saw that with one. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Like the sun, this beam was going. And it was the one where it was the, it was a picture of him where he put both of his fists up when he was on the way to the yeah. Flight 93 Memorial. Yep. Ugh, yay, 9-11. And uh, so everyone did memes of that whole, like people put two wieners in his hand like he was having a, like a, a double handsies. <laughs> And uh, like it just it's but that was it. So it's us and burning his head with him going. I feel like his head would go up in a brush fire immediately. It would. It's Tinder. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't mean the dating. I know. I don't like associating kindling banging with Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely swipe left on Trump. No, that's not true. Um, Wait, which is yes. Yeah, you're right. No, No, you got it. I would swipe left. Okay. Yep. All right. Because I got him. No, you got him. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so Papadopoulos told us Sunday in an interview with Stephanopoulos that his testimony could help demonstrate collusion between Trump and Russia. Then, this is the best tweet of the week, at Nat Cassidy, he won Twitter, uh, he won the internet with this tweet. He said, quote, Stephanopoulos tells Papadopoulos he wasn't scrupulous with the populace about his opulence, but Papadopoulos cops to operants with a monopoly on scurrilous pomposity, and on and on it goes for us in a monotonous pop political Ouroboros. <laughs> <laughs> That's poetry. I can't believe there. I got through that. It's beautiful. <clears throat> yeah, that was. I you sounded like mention- Eminem just then. Oh, snap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of this clip. Jaleesa, play this clip for us. They call me the hippopotamus, flows like lowlife phosphorus, popping off the top of this esophagus, rocking this metropolis. I'm not a large water dwelling mammal. Where did you get that preposterous hypothesis? Did Steve tell you that perchance? Mm, Steve. 
Okay, but then Papadopoulos got weird. He launched into a Twitter tirade Tuesday attacking Alexander Downer. That's the Australian diplomat he drunk bragged to in a London pub that mm-hmm. kicked off this whole investigated crossfire hurricane. Uh, and he was he basically was saying that Downer was a plant in a conspiracy to entrap him and discredit Trump. He alleged that Downer was working with Steele, Christopher Steele, the former MI6 operative, author of the dossier. Uh, quote, the notion Downer randomly reached out to me to have a gin and, a gin and tonic is laughable. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, unquote. <laughs> then Papadopoulos had just one gin and tonic. Is that I think that's the laughable thing. Yeah. Because he was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, the fact that he accepted such a sad, sad request for a meeting is kind of on him. <laughs> he's like, has to admit that he's so desperate for friends. He, he said, yes. <laughs> Wait, are you the LinkedIn guy? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll meet you. Even if they did plan it, who gives a fuck? That doesn't change what you just like what you said. I know. I mean, I guess he's asserting that he's lying, but... True. And he also said, uh, Papadopoulos on Twitter, he said, quote, some organization sent him to meet me for the sake of our republic, for the sake of our republic and the integrity of this investigation. I think it's time Downer is exposed as Christopher Steele. And, and to me, that means, are you trying to say that Downer is Christopher Steele? <laughs> like, Have get, we seen them in the same room together? <laughs> get, get, your, oh, no. get your sentence structure together and then... Anyway, he was freaking out on Twitter and it was weird because he had just gotten sentenced to two weeks in jail. Mm -hmm. And I guess he was like bragging like, I only got two weeks. Uh, And another nerd. He is a huge nerd. And uh, like he reminds me, I don't know. You know what? I'm not going to go into it. Uh, (laughs) A bad nerd. We love nerds. Yes. Not that kind of nerd. (laughs) Definitely a bad nerd. Like a dick nerd. Like my (laughs) husband told me a story how he there was like a girl that nobody would talk to at school in high school and she was like pretty lonely so he took her to prom to be nice like he asked her out to, mm-hmm. you know to be a nice guy turns out she's a fucking asshole <laughs> and he's like no wonder nobody talks to she's that she's a girl. dick nerd she's a dick nerd i think a dick nerd is what kidney stones are <laughs> oh wow <laughs> what does that mean that's a left turn there i i, I appreciate that kidney stones i'm sorry brought to you by jordan <laughs> epic sewed epic riffs <laughs> No giggling. We're a serious news outlet. <laughs> oh, I forgot. We're a very serious news show. Uh, another tweet he sent out it said, quote, it would be v- a very, very big problem if British intelligence was weaponized against an American citizen. Uh, I don't know. He even made a reference that Downer had once worn women's stockings. <laughs> So anyway, that's just weird. Downer dismissed the Papadopoulos tweets saying, quote, I'll leave others to make judgments about the veracity of those tweets. So I thought that was nice. He's like, basically, fuck off. That's Australian for fuck off. All right. So on to Monday. We're just on Monday. Uh, the Washington Post published a story that top civil servants are leaving the Trump administration at a quick pace. Uh, I was asked earlier in the week, what's the difference between myself and the anonymous New York Times op-ed writer? Uh, I'm very different in that I'm a civil servant. I'm not a political appointee. And I don't have access to remove documents from Trump's desk. (laughs) Uh, Additionally, (laughs) I'm not a Republican, guys. I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, But (laughs) if I had 
access to push the 25th Amendment, I would have, as would be my duty to the Constitution as part of my oath of office. But the exodus of civil servants abandoning ship is up 26% from Obama's first year in office, according to the Office of Personnel Management. Combined with other factors, people are just not willing to put up with Trump and his rhetoric and his actions just intensify their desire to leave. Elijah Cummings, a Democrat from Maryland in Congress, said, quote, The exodus of Trump senior executives from positions in the Trump administration is far more significant as a result of the administration's assault on federal workers, their pay and their rights. In addition, there have been many reports of administration appointees trying to identify and purge civil servants who are not sufficiently loyal to Trump, um, arbitrarily resign senior executives and gag those who express dissent. Trump's actions are tearing a gaping hole in agency leadership driving out our career experts, making our government less efficient and less effective, unquote. And you best believe if we hit 10,000 patrons, I'll resign too. Uh, <laughs> we'll rejoin. I'll rejoin when it's over. That's Yeah, I saw that question come through our inbox to you about what makes you different. You know? Yeah, and it was kind of a fa- They were like, why are you so different? I felt like attacked almost. And I'm yeah. like, I'm very different. I don't have access to the... I can't tell you where I work. Uh, I just can't, but... I'm not. I don't have that kind of act, right. like Roy Cohn access, where I could just take documents off of his desk. So, and I'm also not a Republican. I'm not like yeah. I love this. I love the Republicans. So we're not going to kick them out because I want tax cuts for the wealthy uh, and no health care because health care sucks. So I'm going to stay here and make sure that that happens, <laughs> so I can strip rights away from people, but not say anything and try to keep everybody from blowing up. Like that's not me. Yeah, I think that question is more directed to, like you said, Democrats <laughs> that are actually in the White House right now. Like, why aren't they leaving? Democrats something? in the White House? I yeah. Don't, I don't think there's any Democrats in the White House right <laughs> now. Well, sorry. By White House, I mean Congress. Oh. DC. <laughs> well, you can't leave Congress. Yeah, sorry. That'd sorry, be funny. Sorry, sorry. I quit. Fuck you. Yeah, so sorry. You can't leave? What'll happen? You won't have a representative for your state. Oh, I mean, like, what will happen to you? Do you go to, like, jail for that or something? No, Uh no. I've never, I mean, usually when people resign from their congressional positions, which you can do, you can quit. Yeah. The governor of your state will appoint someone to take place. Oh, okay, okay. Just like they did in Arizona when McCain passed away. Yeah, yeah. 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 (laughs) That's, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I want to stay there because I want to keep doing what I do because what I do is important. Um, but I'm also now uh, with this very unfriendly new terms of the Hatch Act, um, et cetera. It's, it's becoming difficult to stay in my position. So, uh, But I'm trying and I want to be there for you guys. I Basically, the whole thing, the way that I see it is that once he's gone, somebody has to put the government back together again. Right. And so I I want to be one of those people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Even do you think people in the White House, <clears throat> I mean it this time, <laughs> White House should leave that are that are, you know, his supporters or do you think or I shouldn't say supporters that are Republicans that might disagree, you know, like that guy did or girl in the op-ed. Do you think they should leave? I know we we talked about it a little bit last week, I would. Week, but if I was that high up, I'd be like, "F you, I'm out of here. I'm writing a book." And then I would write yeah. a book. Yeah. You don't think there's any chance of like <laughs> trying to mitigate damages or anything now up up at that level uh, you're just your political appointees you aren't frontline anything so you're you know you're yeah you're not maintaining or creating anything you're just sort of there i feel like i i feel like there's so many positions in the white house that are just there to make the white house exist Mm -hmm. it's 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 more bureaucracy than it Mm -hmm. is 
functioning positions in yeah. the government. Yeah, and like you said, they're appointees, so they're already on his side, or at least so he thinks. Right, and that, that that's what he would like to think. If, if I appointed a whole new staff, if, if I came in and appointed a whole new staff, I would expect 100% loyalty, and there's not that, and that's weird. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, also, are you guys, on Monday, Andrew Miller, do you guys remember this guy? His contempt order was unsealed. So nothing sticks out there other than the prosecution asked for the order to be unsealed and the judge agreed. Uh, Andrew Miller is the stone aide who held himself in contempt of court so he could file the appeal to question Mueller's constitutionality in a higher court, right? Right. So that's that guy. And then the next day, Miller asked for another day. This is so funny. So he asked the judge for, I need one more day to file my brief. And when the judge asked him why, he said, I'm having trouble using word. (laughs) More evidence that Republicans should not technology. Just don't tech. Uh, it's it's bad. Remember Manafort trying to doctor his PDF profit and loss statements, con- converting them to Word documents, and then they come back all messed up. And it's just like, don't. Just hire a Democrat. Uh, this may have an impact on his appeal because he needs another day to do this, but we don't have any additional info on that yet. We'll keep you posted, though. Then a judge ordered Butina to stay in jail despite the prosecution being wrong about her offering sex to another Republican operative for membership in a political group, and Jalise is going to go over that more later in the show. Then Pence said, good old Pence, said in a TV interview that he would take a lie detector test. Absolutely, I would take a lie detector test to prove that he's not the author of the New York Times op-ed. That is insane. Uh, That the vice president Think about this. I don't know if you can like rewind and put your mind six years ago, but the vice president says, I will take a lie detector test to prove to the paranoid president that I'm not behind an internal coup. Yeah. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. like, could you ima- imagine Biden feeling <laughs> the need to do that or Obama putting out any kind of feelers like, I don't trust this guy? Like, right, that's precisely. bizarre. And yeah. Biden's like, you can trust me. I'll take a lie detector right. test. That everyone would be like, what the yeah. F is going on? Oh, especially Republicans. You know, they'd be like, this is not right. You but know? because this is so because they've done so many insane things up to this point, we're used to it. So everyone's like, eh. Yeah, they're really good at that. Flipping the script. Yeah, I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. Well, he's <laughs> created such an atmosphere of fear. Yeah, the fear and, and insanity where you're at, where that kind of shit is normal. We mm-hmm. all like that in any other week or any other administration. That would be a huge, giant story, like gigantic. And here it's just a passing. Oh, uh, Pence said he'd take a lie detector mm-hmm. test. Mm-hmm. And now on to the <laughs> yeah. next story. Yeah, yeah. a fucking lie detector test, like the most unreliable <laughs> test also. Like they haven't, like they, I don't, I don't think they've watched TV since Perry Mason was on, but uh, yeah, it's not. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I can't believe they even use those still. Yeah, I'm sure uh, you'll have a very nice unrigged lie detector machine too. Untouched by Russia. <laughs> totally. I'm not stepping on the thumbtack right now. I don't now. think he did it. I don't think he wrote it. Mother. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we also learned this week that Trump wants to declassify the Senate Intel interview, that that's the Senate uh, uh, Intelligence Committee interview, transcripts of Bruce Orr and Carter Page. He wants to declassify those. Trump does. This is clearly an attempt to try to discredit Bruce Orr. He is the top Russian organized crime guy at the Department of Justice. And he may, uh, Trump might try to allege that Orr cooperated with Deripaska in 2015, which he sort of did because he was trying to flip Deripaska. He was trying to bring him in as an operative. But Deripaska declined. So who, 
Who would stand to gain if the top Russian organized crime expert in the United States Department of Justice were fired? And come to think of it, who, would, who, who stood to gain from the top Russian spy expert in the FBI, Peter Strzok, to be fired? Who stands to gain from that? It's clearly Putin and the Russian mafia, namely Simeon Miguelovich. And that's who, uh, by the way, is in, you know, the, 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 he's the main kind of the focus I felt in the movie Active Measures. Uh, and also of note, these attacks from Trump are coming after the treason summit closed door meeting between Trump and Putin. So speaking of Strzok, it's, well, I kind of I wonder, like, did they have a conversation where Putin's like, get rid of Strzok, get rid of Orr? Because mm-hmm. those are his two yeah, I wonder U.S. How political en- enemies. Yeah, he is in his request. Now, that's super conjecture. Yeah. It could just be because both of those people are investigating Trump. Right. And we're investigating Trump. And the reason they were investigating Trump is because he was hanging out with Russia. Yeah. Or is higher up than Strzok, right? Or is in a different agency. But is he like a bigger deal in terms of whistleblowing on Russia? Yeah. I, I feel so. I feel like Peter Strzok might be a little bit too small of a fish for Putin. But Strzok but did or... the entire, uh, the mm-hmm. whole Anna Chapman investigation in the 80s. He did the, the, the this biggest spy swap we've ever had with Russia. So he's not, not a big deal. Like right. He, yeah, it definitely is a big he deal. He kept us, he, he basically was the spy hunter in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Putin wants us to think it's not a big deal. And therefore, he, he it seems like he has no attachment to it. But it could have been like a bigger scheme. Like a lot of this is a bigger scheme. People think that like we're not us, but Mueller's just investigating this all of a sudden. It's like they've been people have been on this for a long time. Like that's what active Russia? measures was. Yeah, the whole yeah. yeah, the whole scheme of it, like the whole Ukraine situation and how this is just like a every repeat. spy novel you've ever read. Totally. Is either going to be <laughs> is either going to be Great Britain, Russia and the United States. Yeah. Those yeah. are those are the three major now, I think the Dutch are coming into their own. <laughs> That's just a separate show. Uh, anyway, so that I just I feel like all this has happened after the treason summit. I, I wouldn't be surprised. We need to get those notes. Uh, we've subpoenaed the notes of the translator in that meeting. And we I, I want them. Uh, also, speaking of struck, Trump tweeted Tuesday that struck and page had texted about a quote media leak strategy, uh, basically alleging they were conspiring to undermine him by leaking to the media. But the media leak strategy was a department initiative from the Department of Justice to prevent leaks. Like, that was their thing. They were like, this is our media leak strategy to stop leaks. And Trump's all, look, they were leaking on purpose. Uh, Anyway, keep an eye on that because that's ridiculous. Trump is out to get any and all Russia experts. And I I think Putin could be behind it. Conjecture? I bet, you know, if, if, if he's not behind it, He's at least in on it. Yeah, Trump's yeah. not doing it for nothing. I think about them more or less synonymously now. I think more is what it is. So it's like if Trump is going after them, it's 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 obvious that Putin's interests are entailed in that. Right. Like, what are you doing in Syria, Trump? Whatever Putin wants him to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which has been weird because he bombed Syria. He's, he's anti-Assad. But when he bombed Syria, he bombed an empty airfield uh, right. And made sure to call Russia the day before to yeah. get all their troops out of there. So it's like, he are just you wanted really to press the button? Like, are you? Yeah, are and you really? What about the whole wanting to assassinate Assad though? Like, was was that real? Like, because that's Putin's homie. He probably right then he didn't know who Assad was. I is what I'm betting. <laughs> that's right. That's he was right. like, he put gas on his own people, kill that motherfucker, and they're like, no, no, we can't do that because you owe Putin your wiener. <gasps> oh. oh. Oh, he's friends with Putin. Like, I, I yeah. just feel like he just didn't even know. That's hilarious. Like, he he does learn a lot in real time, like on the spot, <laughs> which I would, too, if I were president. Right. And when we get into the book, <laughs> when we get into the book, 
there's a difference between you know not knowing and being like saying something and having all your all your advisors like Mattis say that's not a good response. Here's why we can't rip up the Korean trade agreement. South totally. Korea. We need our missiles there. We'll just just move them to Portland. Mm-hmm. We can't move them to Portland. That's a 15 minute. It takes 15 minutes to detect a missile from Portland. It takes three seconds or eight seconds to detect it from it's South huge Korea. difference. Yeah. And so he's like, uh, but he still doesn't get it. So it's not just like, I'm sure there were a million things Obama didn't get. Right. And then they had to tell him. And Obama's like, oh, OK. But even then, Obama was still educated. <laughs> well, he accepted it. Yeah, that's goes, you. Oh, all right. Yeah. Do that. But Trump. That's why Mattis said he has the learning capacity of a fifth or sixth grader because mm-hmm. he just he hears the information. He doesn't take it and he doesn't, doesn't retain it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's move the missile detection people to the country. It's uh, trying to bomb. That's yeah. a great idea. <laughs> Not right next to the country. Yeah. We want to detect missiles in. And so, yeah, but they explain that to him and he's like, no, I still want to. Why can't we? Uh, and And. So that's why Roy Cohn took that letter off his desk. Anyway, we'll get to that in the book. So if you're not a patron, check it out. We're going to be reviewing that. Uh, Wednesday, BuzzFeed dropped a major story on a series of suspicious money transfers after the Trump Tower meeting and after the election. We've been saying here on this show for a while now that the Trump campaign, I think, agreed to pay the Russians for hack and release during that meeting, during the Trump Tower meeting. Like they made a deal like you guys create DC leaks and... Uh, Gucci for 2.0 will pay you, especially since we learned that from the Fusion GPS transcripts that Manafort took a note in his phone that said they could use Cyprus as an intermediary. Well, according to BuzzFeed, investigators are now focused on two bursts of banking activity bursts. Uh, (laughs) One happened 11 days after the Trump Tower meeting and one happened right after the election. According to the documents, money was moved from... Russian and Switzerland, Russia, sorry, Russia and Switzerland to the British Virgin Islands and then Bangkok and then a small office park in New Jersey. And Aras Agalarov, uh, the billionaire with he's a real estate guy mm-hmm. with ties to Putin and Trump. He is the pop star son. Yeah. He, I mean, is this kid? He used overseas accounts to filter over 20 million dollars to himself. And his son, Amin, and two of his friends, Amin's friends. And I just think of like. If you watch Parks and Recreation, I just think of those two douchebags that that hang out with Aziz Ansari's girl. You know that you know who I'm talking. And yeah, the girl. Yeah. Oh, hey, I'm here. Ooh. Yeah, I can't even. They do the startup company that's like the most lavish. Seven twenty like, yeah, neon everywhere. <laughs> Entertainment seven twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have like basketball players just hanging out playing basketball. Pay <laughs> him like he's like. So you're gonna give me three hundred thousand dollars a day to just. Play basketball with myself? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's what that reminds me of. I mean, Aguilarov. I think that that's kind of that guy. Uh, but anyway, so he, uh, his dad uh, funneled $20 million into his kid's, I mean, account. And two other people who attended the Trump Tower meeting got paid too. Cavalazze and Goldstone. <laughs> it's Rob Goldstone. That's kick back to jesse egan thank you for <laughs> it's cool that he has his own theme song now yeah even though he's a piece of shit <laughs> he's so gross too anyway these transactions came to light after bankers filed suspicious activity reports the sar we've talked about those before they filed uh, these banks when something weird goes on in a bank uh, this happened with manafort's bank where they lent him 16 million dollars you know the guy who was going to make secretary of the army they put these suspicious activity reports out uh vanderswan had a couple as well uh, and anyway, they <clears throat> these suspicious activity reports go directly to the Treasury, which in turn shares them with the FBI, the IRS, congressional committees, and in this case, Mueller. Um, 
Anyway, beginning 13 days after the election, after the election, the Agalarov's bank account and in Russia made 19 separate wire transfers to New Jersey, um, an, an account belonging to Amin Agalarov that hadn't seen any activity since 2015. Hmm, interesting. So beans come true. <laughs> Put some beans on it. All right, so late Wednesday night, in the wee hours of Wednesday night, uh, at least on the East Coast, the Senate quietly passed a resolution to hand over all Sam Patton testimony and documents to Bob Mueller. Everyone made a thing about this, but I couldn't figure out why. Like, I'm not sure what Congress would have that Mueller didn't have already. But apparently, uh, Spicy Files, who I love, you're my new internet boyfriend. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know if you're a guy, but you're welcome. Uh, internet point, lover. <laughs> not, yeah, but like, no, fake boyfriend. Not even that. Like, just fake. Like, <laughs> it's not that serious. Yeah. I have a boyfriend. He lives in Canada. You can't meet him. <laughs> uh, anyway, he pointed out, or she, I don't know what Spicy Files is, is, I don't know what the pronoun is. <laughs> I don't know how you identify Spicy Files. But Spicy Files pointed out something new in these papers and that is that part of the money filtered into the Trump inaugural by Sam Patton remember when he bought four tickets to the inaugural for Mm $50,000 and they did all that whole thing apparently the origin of that money is Jordanian it's not even Russian so we're keeping an eye on that for you and I'm Mm -hmm. you know me and my new boyfriend will (laughs) let you know if anything develops with that but that's weird like now we're bringing we had UAE we've had Israel we've had uh, Saudi Arabia, Russia. Now we've got Jordan. Yeah, not you. I know. God damn it. I know. Jordanian. We'll just say. <laughs> you know what? I, whenever you do things, I'm going to call it Jordanian yeah. from now on. <laughs> Awfully Jordanian, dude. That was so Jordanian of you. I wonder how many countries will be involved by the time this is all done. Will it be the whole like, Italy, just, Greece, yeah, is continent, in, just all of Asia? The <laughs> Axis. It'll be all the Axis. Yeah. And if Russia succeeds, all the factions that they create within those countries, too. That's pretty much anyone who's not in NATO. <laughs> totally. It's going to be part of this. Somehow I'll be involved. I don't know yet, but it'll come back to me. <laughs> it'll be Jalisian. Yeah, it's the perfect crime. Also, uh, Wednesday. God, Wednesday was a long day, you guys. Trump signed an executive order. This is important. This is important. He signed an executive order saying he would put sanctions on any country that interferes in our election. Uh, given that he hasn't implemented any of the sanctions Congress voted on when Russia interfered in our last election, this document is a giant pile of flaming yeah. dog shit, pretty much. Not your idea, bro. Like, quote, I promise I will I will sign a paper. This isn't a real quote. This is just me. <laughs> I promise I'll sign a paper that says I might put sanctions on a country that interferes in the election, even though I have a record of never doing that. And it's totally up to me to determine if they did or not, which they did. But it wasn't them. And if it was, no collusion. <laughs> That's what I feel like it says. Yeah. So shove your executive order up your ass. Bloody yeah, nobody's buying it. Bloody McRapist. I don't believe you. Bloody McRapist. <laughs> <clears throat> so, sorry, Thursday. I, I get I get snarky when I have a little, like a little bit of a cold. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. it was you channeling your inner like Trump. Like uh... <laughs> Trump couldn't come up with something like Bloody that's, McRapist. That's true. But it's the, way the, too cool for him. The passion is there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. When you're I, both passionate. When though. I do my Trump impressions, I get I get. I, know, I think it maybe I just get panicked Chance. like you're at a rally. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it. I hate myself. Uh, Thursday, The Hill reported that Trump is secretly calling Mad Dog Mattis moderate dog Mattis, proving he's a joke stealer and a hack. Uh, we decided we've been calling him that since pretty much the beginning of this show. I, I remember it's more like moderate dog Mattis, but I'm mm-hmm. ching. Uh, and so I went on Twitter and I was like, 
he's listening to us. F me in the A. Like, shit, he knows who I am. Everything. I'm going to be fired. We're all going to die. <laughs> Uh, but it turns out David Priest actually sent me a message and he told me people in the Beltway have been calling him that since Trump appointed him. So nice. we weren't the first. Parallel thinking. It happens a lot, I'm noticing. It, it does. But, yeah. you know, I thought specifically like certain mm-hmm. words, like we're all comedians and we can tell when a premise is just, you can kind of tell if somebody just came up with the same idea or whether they're stealing your joke because it's worded a specific way. Mm-hmm. I guess moderate dog is... That one's like a fair, very yeah. Calm. That's fair. Yeah. Fair game. Alliterations are very limiting too. True. Moderate was a. But I love them. But I will yeah. tell you, Trump did not coin that phrase. Yeah, I don't think he would have thought of it. His nicknames are so lame. <clears throat> I yeah. feel like in Moderate Dog Mattis, I feel like even though it's not the biggest singer, it's still too smart for him. Like <laughs> Trump is. just says things like dummy, mm-hmm. like <laughs> just. You know, very. So what simple. happened? What happened clearly was that 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 name was used for Mattis after he got nominated by Trump. Everyone's like, "Oh, what are you moderate now? Moderate dog man?" And so that went around the Beltway, and eventually it got some Trump heard it somewhere and started using mm-hmm. it. Uh, he did not write that joke. I guarantee you, he no. is just a hack. He doesn't have the concept of moderation, right? No, no, and he doesn't even have the tenacity of Carlos Mencia. Like, the original joke stealer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah, Carlos Mencia would sound more competent in a debate than Trump. He'd come to that. Yeah. Absolutely would. Wow. Oh, yeah. I would love to hear his take on the wall. <laughs> that would be... I, you know what? I probably wouldn't talk to him. But uh, <laughs> Does he hide in shame now? In hack shame? Behind his no, own wall of he shame. He came out on, like, the WTF pod, and everything was like, yeah, I steal jokes. What? A few. I'm famous. That was famous. a while ago. Money. He kind of went into hiding after that, I want to oh, say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it has been. You're right. I haven't seen him since. Wow. Uh, yeah. It's true. Although I've heard rumor that there's a separate light for him at the comedy store huh. in uh in Hollywood. They have two lights. They have the red neon light. When when a comic goes up and their time's almost up when they have like a minute or two minutes left, they they light. They give you a light so mm-hmm. that you know that your time's almost up. And apparently they have that red neon light that goes on at 2 minutes, but they have a blue star. And if you, if the blue star goes on, that 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 means that signals to the comedian that Carlos Mencia is in the house, and you should switch to crowd work. Uh, really? I heard this rumor, and I don't know if it's true. Oh, that's, that's funny. so funny. I'm, I guess they could reserve that for all hacks. I've yeah. gone up, yeah, but I've seen this like this blue star hack. come on a lot. I'm like, when is Carlos Mencia in the house? No one's telling me. <laughs> but that, that'd be interesting. I yeah, and I've done the OR and the main room and the belly room. So, and I haven't seen it. Like, I only see the red neon. Interesting. It, yeah, I don't know if that's real or not. If you're from the comedy store and you know the truth. Actually, we know a lot of people who work there. I could probably just ask, like, yeah. Isaac <laughs> Allen or, like, is that real? Or uh, Renee. Yeah. That would be a homie thing for Lancaster. them to do. It, yeah, yeah. I think it's funny. Uh, if it's not true, it should be. <laughs> that should uh, be punishable by the law, stealing jokes. <laughs> yeah. I sound yeah. like Trump right now. No, we got to work you on a lot. punished to the death. <laughs> My first 100 days, I would address that. <laughs> but that's a real thing. Uh, also, guys, also on Thursday, uh, the Kavanaugh vote was postponed for a week. Jordan is going to cover the Kavanaugh news later. But please, everyone, call Murkowski, not McCaskill. And call, and th- I'd say that because I made a mistake and called Murkowski McCaskill one time. So call Murkowski. <laughs> Uh, Alaska, right? And Collins, Maine. And anyone else on the fence, really. We actually have three Democratic senators that, that could vote yes. Um, call everyone. Flood their offices with calls. Tweet at them. Make noise. Make noise. And if somebody on Twitter says, that's not going to do anything, just glide right past their negativity and tweet at people anyway. Totally. It makes a difference. It really does. I think so, too. Yeah. 
It was also reported Thursday that 27 defendants in the Mueller investigation have banded together to form a joint defense group, meaning they all hang out and jerk off together like Paul McCartney and John yeah. Lennon. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, if you're wondering why I said that, apparently there was a story in GQ this week where Paul McCartney was in an interview and he said that they masturbated together one time for fun, for giggles. Anyway, they all share information on the case to help each other out. Uh, we've noted in the past that when people are getting close to a plea agreement, they usually pull out of, of this defense agreement. It happened with Flynn, remember? And then when Cohen pulled out of his defense agreement, we're like, oh, he's going to flip because Flynn did it. That that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of plea deals, we had a Felony Friday. It's just another felony Friday. Yeah. As, as Manafort flipped and began cooperating with Mueller... Uh, we all celebrate it this oh, week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is huge. Uh, huge. It's huge like China. <laughs> uh, I'll go over all of this in hot notes. So stick around for that. Um, we're going to talk a lot. We're gonna, the, my whole hot note is this Manafort flip uh, and cooperation situation. Tears. I know. I did. I had, a, I had a glass of wine. Yeah. It was nice. I sat out on the patio and I was like looking at the night sky or the evening setting sun going, life is good. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was. It was it's a moment. So good. <sighs> We've been waiting for this for a really long time. Yeah. I just want John Spurlock, the guy that when we first started this podcast, uh, who told us to, uh, I think it was fuck us in the heart. Yeah. He wanted to fuck us in the heart. Yeah. Fuck us in the heart. Fuck you in the heart. And bitch, so we were lying. Oh, yes. Bitch. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. So we were lying. Said this was a witch hunt, obviously. Uh, I just want to see him personally right now (laughs) what's your face look like john spurlock (laughs) he did want to meet for coffee so i don't know if you want to test him on that he tried to hit me up for a date after telling me to fuck myself in the heart like he's like we should get coffee sometime i'm like no yeah strange fellow classic misogynist (laughs) we should not and then yeah and then i could probably die he could probably kill me for saying no oh yeah seems like he seems like one of those guys you know like one of those guys who'll strangle and choke you and kill you for saying no to him (laughs) absolutely Ugh, on a lighter that, note, you know what I loved is when you we found out that uh, Manafort was flipping. You were so excited that you messaged us on Facebook and you said Mueller is cooperating. <laughs> yeah, I did. Mueller is cooperating. That like, made me laugh so mean, hard. Did you mean Manafort? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Finally, we got Mueller. Yes. he's a tough cookie to crack, man. <laughs> we got him. Yeah. Mueller's in our sights. He's going down. <laughs> This whole podcast has been a front. <laughs> Shh. Yeah. Don't oh, tell man. anyone. <laughs> That's great. Uh, also on Friday, other things happened Friday, but they kind of got buried under this news. Uh, a Democrat that Mueller referred to the Southern District of New York. Remember when we saw him at the airport and he was standing near uh, Fuckface? Uh, yeah, yeah. At, at Gate 35X DTG. on the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. DT Jr. And uh, anyway, he was headed to New York to hand off a bunch of lobbyists Democrats and Republicans to the Southern District of New York for FARA violations. That's the registering as a foreign agent. Uh, And federal prosecutors in New York are now weighing charges against Greg Craig, which is a great name. (laughs) He's an Obama guy. Oh. And he works at the law firm. He works for Skadden, Arps, Slate, Meager, and Flom. What? That's an awful name. (laughs) I'm going to say that again. Skadden, Arps, Slate, Meager, and Flom. I just like Flom. Flom is the best part. Flom. Yeah. Sounds like a Muppet. Hey, Flom. Yeah. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm Flom. Yeah. Anyway. It's like Jabba the Hutt's theme song. <laughs> they usually just call it Scadden. And if you, if that sounds familiar, it should be. Uh, because Scadden, well, first of all, 
this would be giant because of the prominence of Greg Craig and the Skadden firm. And prosecutors are deciding if they have enough to bring charges against Craig and settle with Skadden because they wouldn't really bring charges against Skadden, the firm itself. Although you could, but it's hard to do that. Hmm. Uh, If you remember episode 17, remember our worst sound ever? Oh, yeah. Like, and we had already gotten our sound together by that point, but we were recording in a kitchen with like 12 people. It was insane. Yeah. So in episode 17, that's the Vanderswan episode, Manafort solicited the Skadden law firm to write a negative report on Temeshenko to justify her being mm. jailed. Mm-hmm. That was the law firm that whitewashed the report. And according to Vanderswan, Craig, Greg Craig, worked on that report without filing as a federal agent. Mm. Skadden also represented Alpha, Alpha Group in the past. That's the company mentioned in the dossier whose servers were communicating with Trump Tower early in the campaign and chaired by Herman Kahn, Vanderswan's father-in-law. So, Jaleesa, I'm going to ask you to play the clip from episode 17. And please, pardon the sound quality. (laughs) We were but a baby podcast at that point. So let's listen to that clip about about Vanderswan and Skadden. Uh, This indictment alleges that Vanderswan knew about Manafort and Gates getting a cooked report from Skadden Law Firm on the jailing of Timoshenko. So I just want to say, this is a Democrat. This uh, Greg Craig. Craig, Greg, could be either. I think it's Greg, Craig. Greg, Craig, yeah. He's a prominent Democrat, uh, an Obama Democrat. And we've said since the beginning, if Democrats go down for this... um, So be it. So be it. That's the truth. I am not so biased that I will bend reality to make Democrats innocent the way Trump supporters do. So get on board. It's tough, too. If we don't play dirty and then we let our people go, it is why I think sometimes things like this happen. But I still believe in democracy. I think think we're choosing the right side. (laughs) I believe in, yeah, if he messed up, if he didn't file as a foreign agent and he actually whitewashed a Tymoshenko report on behalf of pro-Putin Ukrainians and Mm -hmm. Manafort, fuck you. That's awful. Yeah. It's really awful. Gotta let him go. Also, Tad Devine, what he did, too, that's also awful. It's very sad. It's so funny how the GOP would totally hang on to them. (laughs) They would. They'd be like, that's totally... Freedom of speech. Yeah. Meh. That's, ah, man, these are the things that John Cusack has been warning everyone about. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> really? It's just, I don't know. He seems very, like, anti, you know, He's government, anti-establishment. Yeah, he is. He, I shouldn't say anti-government. That's not fair to put that on him. Of course, this is going to be the episode he listens to when, right, I'm, right. when I'm flippantly talking about his political views. But I, I just mean being being very skeptical of, of government and what's going on, how it functions, who's pulling what strings yeah the i more do want him on. Out. oh definitely. i want him on to talk about it um yeah. also everyone thinks that i just said john cusack for some reason because i don't know <laughs> yeah not like everybody randomly. i i, I, <laughs> I like his the twitter system. is always I about that the, shit <laughs> i think the system is great um that's where uh, john cusack and i kind of diverge um where i'm really into politics and but i mean we might not actually diverge because i'm into the way it's supposed to be not the way it is um, as far as getting money out of politics and stuff. And I think he would agree. He's a democratic socialist. He's he's against, he was he had a lot of problems with Obama. He had a lot of problems with everyone, pretty Did much. Did it ever function at a, like a, an ideal, like, you know, like was there a time politically when you feel like this is perfect? No, not in my lifetime. I think Rachel Maddow said she likes the, um, the Eisenhower. Yeah, the Eisenhower time. administration was really good. Yeah. I mean, this was pre- Money in politics. Yeah, I missed that one. (laughs) And we also didn't have 
internet and like we, we yeah so is it better Rachel is it you wouldn't have a show <laughs> like maybe she would is it really better fire know, but she gets to talk yeah. about it so true true yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to express my disillusionment as a millennial that grew up sort of in the height of money and politics. Yeah. For me, definitely, I think I'm more on the on the John Cusack side. I feel very, very disillusioned. Super cynical. I, <laughs> I just think the web of the corruption is is, is bred so deeply into totally. the fabric of our government right now. Well, that's where I am. That's where my husband is. That's why we were actually, uh, before we were Hillary supporters, we were Bernie supporters. Mm-hmm. And not for any other reason other than we cannot have a debate about issues until we get money out of politics. Mm-hmm. It's There's, true. You just can't. And, and that's why initially I wasn't a Hillary supporter because... She's a money and politics person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine, being an established Democrat. I'll, I'll take that, which is I voted for her in in the main. Same, yeah, but it's still not ideal. It's just the best that we were offered at the time. It's true. I think she was extremely qualified. True, but money and politics is still the issue. So she's like, it, it, yes, ideally, when you she have, wouldn't But be. when you have two people who have money and politics, you've got to pick one. Exactly. Um, and, and I'm not even saying lesser of the two evils. No, because she was I don't extremely think she's evil. qualified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so qualified. I did a good was, job of slandering her. <laughs> like, well, totally. Well, I did notice that a lot of um, the people that I knew and that hung that I hung around with, and myself included, bought into a lot of the negative Hillary propaganda that came out of Russia. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was aimed at Bernie Sanders supporters, specifically aimed at Bernie. It worked. Sanders yeah, supporters. the Bernie or bus splintered us really good. It did more um, than I think we started. Yeah, and I hope that that doesn't come into play in in the midterms. Oh, 2020. Yeah, because the midterms, I think, were pretty on board. Blue. It seems like we're Yeah, all... no, I'm talking about presidential elections. Exactly, I mean, yeah. I, you know what? Fight it out in the primaries. Totally. And, and great. But when it comes to when you get a Democratic nominee, don't turn your back on them because they beat your candidate. Right. You big picture. Think of the big picture. It's just the way it works. You can't do that. Yeah. And, and like I've said, I will vote for a steaming pile of dog shit <laughs> over Donald Trump. Like If it's why, registered Democrat. <laughs> why is that hard? It could be independent. I don't care. Because we can impeach the, the flaming pile of dog crap probably with less resistance than Trump. Like if, the, if it came down to it. What? what? Sorry. <laughs> I was just assuming that this dog... Crap would be precedent. Sorry. Oh, I, I, oh, went, I went with that oh, metaphor yes, pretty literally. Could, yeah, <laughs> I got it. If there was a literal yeah. steaming pile of shit in the yeah, White yeah. House, we'd probably have an easy time impeaching it because it can't tweet. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you for already moving past it, though. That's my <laughs> I was bad. like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, where did this come from? A literal pile of dog yeah. shit in the White House. Yeah, yeah. That literal pile of dog shit probably contains less viral infections than Donald Trump. Though. Yeah, yeah. It probably contains less viral infections that are in this room right now. Oh, no. You and I are pretty sick right now. I really hope that our voices aren't bumming you out this week. Um, we just don't have a choice. We have to get you the news. We get we're we're here for you. They're raspy and mysterious. Raspy Goldstone. Um, <laughs> all right, finally, guys. Emily Jane Fox, love her. She she works for Vanity Fair. She dropped a bomb on Friday afternoon, saying Cohen is now talking with Mueller. I didn't think Mueller would let him in the door. But Cohen has now had a meeting with Mueller. She doesn't have any information on how long he's been cooperating or what they're where they're at in that process. But we shouldn't be surprised by this because he was like a cat in heat flashing his butthole to prosecutors since July. <laughs> like, come on, I got info for you. Well, here's my butthole. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that's how I, my cats talk to yeah, me. Yeah, most cats are like that. They no. do. They give you mm-hmm. the butt. Totally. Um, the only surprise here is that Mueller is talking to him at all, like I said. Uh, but we'll see if Cohen has anything Mueller needs uh, that he doesn't already have. And whether or not Mueller uses anything he has, because his credibility is shit. Would I wouldn't if you put Cohen on the stand? Gates wasn't. 
his credibility was shot. If Gates isn't credible, no way Cohen is credible. Fucking essential. That's fair, yeah. Fucking credible. Uh, I would, I'd bring him in, though, to see if he could get me any new leads that I could go find credible evidence to back up. But, uh, like, I... wouldn't bet all your, yeah, your evidence on it. Anyway, put beans on that. We'll see. He's talking to Mueller. Uh, It's essential. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to these ads. We're getting pretty popular these days, and our ad card might start filling up. But you can avoid all of it by becoming a patron. As a patron, you'll get ad-free episodes, access to all of our premium content, including more than 30 past bonus episodes, and our book club installments. You'll also get our weekly newsletter with links to all the pertinent articles of the week and my personal show notes. Finally, there are all sorts of gifts like laptop stickers, t-shirts, tote bags, and our sexy justice calendar. All of this could be yours for the low, low price of $1 per month through October 1st. I sound like Rod Rod. As of October 1st, our minimum patron level increases to $3, so head over to MullerSheWrote.com now and become a patron today. All right, welcome back. Hot notes. Okay, today we have some big stories. As you can imagine, this was an insane week. Jordan is going to update us on the Kavanaugh hearings. But first, Jalisa has an update on the Maria Butina case. Jalisa? Oh, yeah. Thank you. So uh, remember when prosecutors accused Maria Butina of offering sex in exchange for political access? I do remember that. Yes. Well, they were wrong. So apparently this assumption was based on a three-year-old text between Butina and a long-term friend named DK. And according to court filings, DK said in a text to Butina that he didn't know what she would owe him after he helped her out with her car. And she jokingly replied, sex. (laughs) So Butina's lawyer, Robert Discrell, or Driscoll, said that the sex comment was clearly a joke and that Butina sees DK as a brother, friend zoned. And um, (laughs) it looks like that claim actually holds up, though, because earlier this week, prosecutors said, quote, the government's understanding of this particular text conversation was mistaken, which is really just a formal way of saying my bad. So, of course, Driscoll was super happy about the admission. He stated, I want the government's walk back to get as much coverage as prominently as their initial false allegation. But then the judge got mad at Butina's lawyers because they tried to submit a last minute piece of evidence, which was just the video of Butina and Erickson singing Beauty and the Beast and a super cringy music video. Did you see that, AG? No. It's really weird. So, yeah, they basically <laughs> tried to submit this video to prove how in love Butina was with oh, Erickson. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, I did see that. It was awkward. Uh, Rachel Maddow played it <laughs> totally. on her show. Yeah, yeah. And it's like making its way around the media so- sources. Tale so- as old as time. Yeah, yeah they totally. Overly produced video, just very strange. Like, even if you were in love with someone, why would you make this video? Is yeah. what I'm thinking. Uh, but uh, but along those lines too, like just because you love this guy doesn't mean you're not a flight risk. Like this is exactly such a, to me. Like it's a big mistake for the prosecution to think that this was a sex joke. It's kind of misogynistic, honestly. Oh, totally. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty upset about that. Yeah, yeah. But this doesn't take away from the fact that she's a fucking spy. She's still a spy, even if she's not a sex spy. It's like, and and the judge was like, yeah, I'm not buying that. The judge was actually pretty pissed that they even made her watch the video at all. (laughs) She was. She was like, 
well, now that I can't get five minutes of my life back, <laughs> yeah. I, she didn't say that, but she was pissed. Yeah, off. she's like, you guys are not getting points for this at all. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, There's a great sketch out of that. Somewhere. Oh, totally. There's got to be like a, a yeah. Boutina and the Beast like parody or like a porno something. And you have to do that. Tail is Oh my gosh, she did look really happy. Is. I'm not gonna lie. In the video, she's either a really good actress or she enjoyed the video she like looked, i can't she looked exactly the same amount of happy when she was holding a 357 true true it doesn't mean that like she loves him it just means she probably loves attention like she just loves cameras can mean she loves disney she loves help, <laughs> she loves helping the kremlin exactly yeah she's just happy to be there like yeah i don't but he looked in love he he looked in love he's a sucker dude you have you seen the guys oh she looks he's, so in love dude he she's you know yeah he's yeah he's a four yeah totally one could argue that the world has almost been destroyed by men who are suckers. Yeah. 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 As Trump would say, too. I wish I had a, like a stone cold heart. I would just take advantage of people like that. But like, I just. I, yeah. It's not in us. We're not. You got to take advantage for good, though. You know, we're not yeah. sex spies. Yeah. All the ladies are doing shit like locked up abroad. I totally. love you so much. Come with me to Colombia with yeah. cocaine and strapped to your balls. Oh, man. <laughs> with cocaine strapped to your balls? It's true. It's totally. I guess they'd go out of Colombia. Remember nudicles? <laughs> remember nudicles that we talked about? What if they were made of cocaine? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Cocainicles. That's funny. Ooh. You'd have to have them surgically. You'd see some accidents That's got to be a new way there. to sneak drugs into festivals. Cocainicles. <laughs> wow. Don't give them any ideas, guys. We're on the air. <laughs> I used to put them in my birth control pills because dudes mm-hmm. don't touch. They don't oh, touch no. tampons yeah. and they don't touch birth control pills. So you're like, oh, here, do you want to inspect my tampons? Oh. They'll be like, no, nope, we're good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> go right ahead. Very ma'am. creative. I like that. But I never smuggled drugs into any <laughs> venue in my life. Yeah. Me neither. On the record. I'm not yeah, me <laughs> I never taped anything I always to got my boss. No. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even comment anymore. <laughs> my experience. All right. So um, basically... Both the prosecutors and Abutina's lawyers are due in court uh, tomorrow, Monday, because this episode is on Sunday. And um, yeah, basically, we're just going to see what happens. But they're going to keep her. She's still a flight risk. They're not buying the whole you're in love with this fucking chump story. And um, that's that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. uh, Sex spies. Yes. yes. Goldstone sex spies. I mean, she's not a sex spy, though. So I guess, yeah, we'll make that clear. That's the moral of the article is that she's not a sex spy. And shame on the prosecutors for accusing her of that. But they didn't need to, anyways, because they have sex. Spot. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Has a nice ring to it. That is disappointing and awfully sexist. Oh yeah, yeah. In a way, but also it would not be surprising. <laughs> it, I mean, that's why I feel kind of bad is that I believed it because I'm like I'm part of the problem. But also they, I, yeah. I mean, really, Russia is the problem. Exactly. I did At believe that, it too. But yeah, we are the kind of people who are like, oh, we were wrong. Yeah. And so we move on with our lives. Exactly. Yeah. We're all you know human. The prosecutors are human, even if they are old men. Then <laughs> human, uh, old yeah. human men, old human people. <laughs> Old cis white guys, yeah, yeah. doing their thing. They're but trying. They're trying. It is. It. I mean, you know, I'm happy to admit when I'm wrong. That's. Please send me corrections. We'll, yes, we'll take care of it. But at this point, we welcome the emails. We do. Yeah, we always say no emails, but liberals on. love being accurate. That's like one of our flaws. <laughs> like we are weak spot. We just want to. Even if we're wrong, we want to be right. Does that make sense? No, we got it. Doesn't make any sense. I at think all. the problem is we're right so often that the the other side thinks that we're full of shit. Oh, because we're just right all the time. Yeah. And they're like, we're not buying that. Yeah. Because we spell things properly. And well, if we correct ourselves, then yeah, we can have 100% accuracy in that sense. Well, right. But we yeah. correct ourselves so 
Often. Seldomly, yeah, yeah. Uh, because we're right all the time. No, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm just now. I'm just no. Bragging. But that's the thing is we are, but we can't say that. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it's 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 just like <laughs> I just did. We're yeah. flawed, but if we're willing to accept that we're flawed, then aren't we no longer flawed? <laughs> is that what that means? <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like I'm humble as fuck, yo. Yeah. Like no, I'm. I, that's I'm perfect. That's a weird thing to say. It's hard yeah, to be humble when you're perfect. I think is uh-huh. yeah. That's what we're all the learning. Light of the liberals. <laughs> <laughs> but you know we're wrong so seldomly that when we do say it, no one hears. Yeah, so. yeah, and we're wrong right now. But that's okay. No, yeah. I'm, well, you are. Yeah, I'll speak for myself. <laughs> I'm kidding. I feel like I'm a modest narcissist. That's my my problem. That's aren't we all? Yeah. When liberals start being wrong, then they will be right. Get it? Oh, get that's it. a thinker. That's nice. That's <laughs> nice, right? I do get it. It's almost a I public image limited thought. <laughs> You're like, I'll show myself out. <laughs> that's the end of that joke. It's the perfect transition into Jordan's hat. It notes. is. Jordan, yes. Jordan, Jordan. You have mm-hmm. Jordanian. Uh, the new Jordanian podcast uh, news stories. Oh. You have the latest on uh, uh, Kavanazzi. Yeah, confirmation hearings. <laughs> if I'm called a feminazi, I'm calling him a Kavanazi, that's and that's good. just okay. how it's going. So. Let it be known, Mueller Shiro does not think George Kavanaugh is actually a Nazi, and oh, yeah, yeah, we fair. also <laughs> probably didn't coin that. So. Yeah, no, no. Yes, if Trump says it, well, no, we're no matter it. Yeah, <laughs> matter it. Oh, <laughs> this is a really interesting episode. This is. I like it. Yeah. Okay. I do too. Sniffles and coughs and all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And oh, bad God, jokes. I, I was just going to say before I do this segment, I'm prefacing it with an apology for my voice and sniffling. Oh. And so there will good. be dudes who are way into it, though. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's a, what is that? Rule 42, rule 34. Oh, yeah. If you say it, then someone's into it. Like it's a, it's a fetish if you just yeah. think it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I can believe it. So there's going to be at least one dude. Hey, if only one guy yes. is changed by this. <laughs> well, my boyfriend's been taking care of me, so he Aww. counts. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> I love the sweet ending to that porno <laughs> reference. I uh, thought you were talking about Nunez for a second. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, what's he doing Nunez for Nunez is dead to me. I we're need done. a new boyfriend. You got spicy You got files. to break up. Yeah, I broke up with Brody because, I mean, it's about time. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's been, well, he, I mean, now he's involved in sexual assault allegations. Yeah, it was getting out of control. Yeah, that was yeah. gross. Yeah. And I then I've got... Spicy Files now, Spicy right? Files. Spicy Files. Yeah. And You're still I hanging on. boyfriend. Yeah, John Cusack. Oh. Dude. That's pretty John good. John Cusack looks like my boyfriend, kind of. <gasps> That's, That's really true. Funny. A little bit. It's really true. I'm a boombox and he's completely <laughs> Lloyd Dobler. <laughs> Does he kickbox? <clears throat> Ryan? Yeah. Oh, no. Let's get him to do that. And he'll, <laughs> then the transformation will be complete. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan is okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, all right. So, Judge Kavanaugh updates. <clears throat> he is still a judge, so I have to call him Judge Kavanaugh. <laughs> Basically, a couple stories coming out. First story is going to be in reference to some shit that went down in the early two thousands that people are saying he should actually be impeached for. Second thing is going to be what we heard this week about allegations of sexual assault against him in high school. So, I'm going to cover the first thing first. So newly released emails have actually showed that um, when Kavanaugh was working with, and this is something that's also been asked to him in various public hearings and everything, so this won't be news to a lot of you, but during presidential George W. Bush's judicial nominees in the early 2000s, Kavanaugh actually received a bunch of confidential memos, letters, and talking points of Democratic staffers. These uh, documents were talking points of of the opposition and they were not supposed to be seen by the other side and it turns out that they were actually stolen by GOP Senate aide Manuel Miranda 
if that name is familiar to you, um, like I said, that makes sense. Cause... Did he write Hamilton? That... No. <laughs> <laughs> Lin-Manuel. Uh, oh, yeah. He stole Dude. Yeah. That's a play right there. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yep. So, so We're on to you. <laughs> he stole a bunch of Democratic documents, also the script of Hamilton. And gave it to the Republicans. <laughs> right. He gave them the script to Hamilton, but they're like, this makes no sense to us. We hate this. <laughs> yeah. You keep this part. We're kicking. We're yeah, nice. we'll take the rest. We're going to get Nicholas Cage in on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, please don't. <laughs> so, so, so Miranda basically stole from the Senate server a bunch of research and talking points. And the person that writes the article that I'm getting this from that we'll include in our newsletter um, he had actually written them, the author had written them for the Senate Judiciary Committee as he was uh, the chief counsel for nominations for the minority. So this is a very reputable source. Mm-hmm. It's a really good article. Definitely it's from Slate. I um, recommend that you read it. Like I said, we'll put it in the newsletter. So receiving the memos it- itself, right, is not an impeachable offense. The issue comes that Kavanaugh has lied then and continues to lie about what happened with that. So He's asked under oath multiple times in 2004 and 2006 during confirmation hearings for his position on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit about whether or not he had received this information from Miranda. And each time he falsely denied it. And he sort of does this thing over time that, you know, Donald Trump likes to do where he says, uh, I didn't see it. I never saw it. But even if I did, it would be normal for me to have gotten that opposition, you know, research because things are made public in these sort of proceedings. And, and that's just absolutely he not still lied true. about it. That's crazy. And he and he lied about well, it. How it's, do you go from I didn't get any of that to it's normal to get that? Yep. Yeah. Doesn't it sound like OJ's book? Like, I didn't do it. But if I did, this is how <laughs> yeah. I would have done it. Exactly. Yeah, that's like I didn't fuck your sister but it's totally normal to fuck mm-hmm. sisters that's how we do mm-hmm. and it's how we do oh God. i'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um <clears throat> so an example of his perjury in 2004 senator orrin hatch actually asked him if he had received quote any documents that appear to you to have been drafted or prepared by democratic staff members of the senate judiciary committee kavanaugh immediately responded No. And that's the story that he stuck with. Then in 2006, Senator Ted Kennedy actually asked him if he had any regrets about how he treated the documents that he had received from Miranda, thus presupposing that he did receive the documents. And then Kavanaugh rejects uh, that that premise is even correct, restating Sneaky. that he never saw any of the documents. Sneaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very. That's what they always do. That. Yeah, they're like, they're like let me challenge so the you premise do? of this. What'd you do with those documents when you got them? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're what documents? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I took them. Wait. Yeah, you can't just. Yeah, that's. I think he was trying to catch him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I. I. I would imagine so. Hopefully. Um. Basically, if the documents are shared from the Democratic side as part of some sort of, you know, things that are entered into what they call like normal business, um, which is what Kavanaugh claimed happened in his most recent testimony, then why would they have been labeled, which they were, quote, not for distribution? (laughs) Obviously, it's not precedent for people to distribute their research, their opposition research when they're trying to confirm a nominee. Another email chain actually included the subject line, quote unquote, spying. <laughs> Another red flag. Another email chain said, quote, Senator Leahy's staff has distributed a confidential letter to Dem Council and then prescribed, described for Kavanaugh that precise confidential information we had gathered about a nominee Kavanaugh was boosting. 
So it's illogical to think that they would have just given that Miranda would have just given this, quote, confidential information over to be used against the Democrats. At the time that all this went down, Kavanaugh was actively working with Miranda and outside groups to try to force these nominees through the Senate. Um, Classic. I wouldn't have expected anything else. Uh, So basically, the the thing that I'm just going to scoot along here because I want to get to the other part. But but the thing that is so problematic now is is that he he's done nothing to correct the record on that. He he has said, like I said multiple times, that he never even saw those documents when there is evidence that he absolutely received the documents. And then on top of that, he's trying to say uh, if if he did see the documents, then that would have been normal. It would have been normal to be shared. So that was um, as of November 2003, when the sergeant at arms actually seized the Judiciary Committee servers. Kavanaugh would have been on notice that any of the letters, talking points, or research described as being from Democrats that were provided to him by Miranda were suspect and probably stolen from the Senate server. So there's really beyond reasonable doubt, um, but it's very clear that he did nothing, and all he's tried to do is cover this up. And he's lied under oath repeatedly. Yeah, at least four times, and there's Mm -hmm. proof of it. People are, like, arguing on, no, he didn't lie. Uh, No, he, he said this one thing, and there are documents from him saying another thing so yes that is what lying is <laughs> like i don't know how else to explain yeah. it this is like, what it's come to <laughs> when you are in such defiance of the truth that 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 someone could say one plus one equals three and you're like he didn't that's that's correct he didn't lie and you're like well how do i explain now you get down to the basic like how do i explain that one plus one equals two to somebody like exactly. that's so basic mm-hmm. that you're just you there you have no argument so it's it's yeah. weird it's hard to deal with And then not only did he lie at the time that it was all coming out, even after it came out that Miranda absolutely did steal those emails and that those emails were stolen, he still said that he still lied. So he didn't correct himself when the truth came out, even though it's probably likely that he was lying when everything initially was going down and the truth, quote unquote, wasn't out yet. So fuck that guy for reason number one. Number two mm-hmm. is something that I'm sure everybody's heard. Uh, there are sexual assault allegations coming out against Kavanaugh, something that happened when he was in high school with a classmate. There was a girl from another school who said that they had pushed her into a room and turned on the music really loud and then tried to... Let me make sure I get this right. I believe it was... Oh, hey, should we do a trigger warning? Oh, <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. Now that I think about like what we're about to talk about. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, trigger warning, uh, sexual assault, uh, if you have issues with that, uh, earmuffs. Mm-hmm. Yes. So basically, um, a letter a letter is surfaced that uh, somebody, like I said, an cl- old classmate of Kavanaugh's, said that when um, she, she was drinking in a party with Kavanaugh and one of his classmates, they had turned up the music really loud that was playing in the room so as to conceal the sound of her protests and that Kavanaugh covered her mouth with his hand. She was able to free herself, but she says that the alleged incident has caused her a lot of psychological pain and she's actually sought treatment because of this. And she felt the need to, you know, like a lot of survivors, you sort of grapple with whether or not you should come forward with a story. And she decided that she wanted to come forward. But she made it very clear to the Democrats that and representatives that she made the story available to that she wanted to be anonymous and she didn't want her identity to be revealed, which has made the uh, revelation of this story a little bit difficult. Suspect almost, uh, particularly to the Republicans. And a lot of Democrats are like, why didn't uh, DiFi share this with us? 
why are you keeping this from us? Mm-hmm. And it's at the victim's request or the survivor's request. Yeah. So the survivor authored the letter and sent it to um, <coughs> a California California rep, Anna Ishu, and then she forwarded it on to Diane Feinstein. And then <clears throat> Diane Feinstein hasn't released it. And this has been, you know, causing a lot of public outcry because it's obviously constituents are wondering why she's not releasing it. Feinstein is saying that she's really trying to respect the survivor, though, and her request to not have this released to the public. And, and before I knew what it was about, I'm like, show us the effing document. What is it? What is it? What is it? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I, do, who, what happened to the document? Didn't she forward it to the... Yeah, she forwarded it to the FBI so they can actually launch a or officially sort of put it in Kavanaugh's file and and do any sort of investigating that they need to or want to do. Oh, that's right. Because they were doing the background check on Kavanaugh. They have Mm -hmm. to deliver that to the White House. And they included that's right. They included that Mm -hmm. in in their background check. And uh, sadly, it's up to the White House, who is entirely peopled with rapists and wife beaters uh, to decide whether or not they're going to take that into consideration, sadly. Yeah. And Feinstein said um, that she basically sort of came to the consensus with, I guess, herself. (laughs) (laughs) It's a party of one, and everyone at the party says yes. Yeah. I'm sure she talked to other people. I know she did. But but, uh, basically the consensus being that it happened so far in the past, it doesn't warrant really further discussion, which to me is kind of an offensive explanation to give. I know, obviously it's what was detailed is not nearly as bad as some of you know the other me too allegations that have happened but that doesn't mean you sort of i think should decide uh or at least she shouldn't say she just shouldn't have said that that because it happened too far in the past it shouldn't be talked about you know as it relates to the content of his character that's i think she should have just like kept her mouth shut on that right but, true or not don't shush you know, right. just don't say that right um that's weird. Yeah. I, I agree with you. You already had the out of the person saying they didn't want their identity to be revealed and didn't want to push it. You could have just left it at that. Right. So I kind of think that was stupid of and her For our say. listeners who couldn't see me, I just made a big, wild hand gesture and, <laughs> and went, a duh. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Bernie it was, arms. It was pretty, yeah. Hey, geez, Bernie arms. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hello. <laughs> you can't see me right now, but I'm doing Bernie arms. Yeah. <laughs> You're very big. Oh. <laughs> Socialism. Yes. Um, but the woman it's a who's good impression a, if you can see the whole thing. Yeah, it, is. it probably it's just really sounds good. really stupid. <laughs> um, the woman who's the subject of the letter is actually being represented now by Deborah Katz. She's a whistleblower attorney who works with a lot of Me Too survivors. Good. Yeah. Um, but of course, that attorney has not responded to any request for comment. Feinstein finally released a statement on September 13th. She said, quote, I have received information from an individual concerning the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. That individual strongly requested confidentiality, declined to come forward or press the matter further, and I have honored that decision. I have, however, referred the matter to federal investigative authorities. So we'll see how that turns out. I mean, it's, yeah. And did you see there was a letter signed by 65 women who went oh, to yeah, school near him? Mm-hmm. They're uh, like, this guy's all right with me. <laughs> it's an all boys school, by the way. Um, <laughs> but 65 girls that knew him when he was a kid wrote a letter saying, he didn't rape me. Mm. Like, rape, not raping 65 people is not a qualification right. for the Supreme Court of the United States. Like, I can put together a list of 65 people I never raped. Yeah. Should we just 
I can be now I can be a judge. Like that is the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my I got my 65. Like they're going to call it that now. Like yeah. you got your list of 65, 65 people you never raped. All right, cool. You're in. Yeah, it would it would also um suggest that they were prepared for this allocation to come out. Hence why they had the letter prepared. Yeah. How'd you get 65 people rounded up from the past mm-hmm. from that long ago, quote unquote, so mm-hmm. quickly? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. they knew this was going to come out. Absolutely. It's also funny. So he knows to me. what he did. Yeah. And yeah, I knew that it's questionable and, and that it was going to be something that was going to pop up. It's funny to me that his response to people saying he's a creep was like, no, it's fun. Look at these 65 women I had contacts with when I was... <laughs> right? Look at these ladies. It sounds funny. They liked me. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. It is. But you know what? It, it makes me think I could run for office one day, even though I have songs about blowjobs on the internet. Oh, yeah. Uh, I never raped anybody in high school. Yeah. So like, and I've got, I can get 65 people together that like me. So... I think I could run for office. Mm-hmm. The I gates have should. been blown open now for what you don't have to That's worry about anymore. That's actually completely true. Unless I... you're trying to make a movie, then you're going to get fired if you said some shit. Oh, yeah. But yeah. President of the United States, that's chill. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you uh, for all that info. Now, we got a felony Friday this week. So smashing Rudy Giuliani's 60-day rule that Mueller must, you know, shutter his investigation during the 60 days leading up to the election. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mueller was finally able to squeeze Paul Manafort into pleading guilty and entering into a full cooperation agreement with the prosecution. So in exchange for dropping five of the seven charges in this in the D.C. trial uh, and any future superseding indictments, by the way, which we have been predicting would come if he kept pleading not guilty, but now they're not going to. Right. uh, Unless he blows this cooperation agreement. So in exchange for dropping five of those seven charges and any future superseding indictments uh, for crimes of collusion, Manafort has agreed to cooperate fully with prosecutors, including handing over all documents and stuff they require, talking to prosecutors at any time, um, and the grand jury at any time with no counsel present. He waived his right to counsel. I think that was to speed it up. Uh, to speed up the process because he's in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it might include, it says going undercover. Like I can't imagine. Um, <laughs> so like, interesting. Like he wears a disguise and a mustache. and uh, I wouldn't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't buy it either. He's kind of recognizable at this point. Oh yeah. Although he kind of looks like number two from uh, the Austin Powers movie. Well that's true. But I was going to say like we don't remember Benedict Arnold so like maybe after a while people will forget. Yeah maybe like in 100 years or so. Yeah keep him on the low for now. Wait I don't want to give him any ideas. <laughs> yeah so but he waived his right to prosecution which is interesting. Um, and the uh, also in this agreement it's still good before and after his sentencing. So it's like for always. And I can't stress enough the importance of this cooperation agreement and Manafort is the linchpin we've talked about this um, and so has like Maddo and um, Chris Hayes everybody has talked about how you know I mean he's Mueller's been handing off all these cases the Cohen case the you know to to different uh, prosecutors the Trump organization thing right been handing everything off but he's kept Manafort oh yeah and I think it's just because he wanted to put the screws to him to get him to cooperate now he finally has and I mean even if it's just to get what really went on at that t- Trump Tower meeting. That's still huge. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insanely big and, and, and Pence is involved. Like, it's he's kind of like the linchpin of this whole thing. So Definitely. I can't, like, stress enough uh, how important. This is probably the biggest part, the biggest point um, in this investigation. Biggest win for prosecutors to date. Um, even when you consider Papadopoulos and Flynn and everybody else who's cooperating. Oh, yeah. This one is huge. Um, 
and and once it was out that Manafort was going to plead guilty, we knew he was going to cooperate because there's no way Mueller would have dropped five charges in exchange for nothing, basically. So Manafort will uh, still be sentenced in the eight counts from Virginia. Um, he'll he'll probably get a lighter sentence though now that he's cooperating. Uh, those are the eight counts he was convicted on, um, and now he faces. I guess it's probably about ten to twelve years in in prison. Wow. Um, which is bad. The, yeah, when that's the better option, though, you messed up. Yeah, and he said something about wanting to protect his family. I don't know if they're going to go into witness protection. We have an expert we're going to ask here in a minute. Um, but, I mean, that's a much lower sentence. Now, it's kind of also a signal to everybody else who's not cooperating, who should be cooperating. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if you want, you can go to trial, and we can find you guilty, and, you know, you can go through all this, or, you know, you can Just cooperate. cooperate. I'm going to get you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty, pretty strong message. Um, <clears throat> anyway, you guys had a lot of questions about uh, the Manafort cooperation agreement, and I wanted to get an expert on the pod to answer them. So please forgive the audio quality because he's um, joining us via cell phone. Uh, he's got a very busy schedule. Mm-hmm. It's a former federal prosecutor and CNN legal analyst, the host of the On Topic podcast. Please welcome Renato Mariotti to Muller She Wrote. Thank you. So uh, so off the top, uh, we've been hearing teasers for a while now that Manafort was in talks uh, with Mueller. And then Mueller snubbed him at first, or, you know, at least the talks broke down. But now he's got a deal that includes a cooperation agreement. And Manafort is apparently cooperating in two investigations. Um, and I'm interested in what those two are. But I am also wondering, is this a full cooperation agreement? Meaning, is he required to cooperate about everything, including Trump and the Trump campaign? Yes, uh, yes, it is. Uh, in fact, the, the Justice Department never enters into cooperation agreements that um, allow someone to pick and choose who they cooperate against. Like, I'm going to cooperate against this guy, but not that guy, or on this matter, but not that matter. Uh, what cooperators are required to do is come in and tell the government everything that they know. And by the government, I mean here prosecutors, tell prosecutors. Uh, everything that they know about all of the criminal activity that they've seen and heard and answer any questions that they're asked. And that's what this plea agreement uh, between Manafort and prosecutors uh, states. It says he has full and complete cooperation on any and all matters that he's asked uh, to cooperate on. Uh, And that agreement says that it is the only agreement between him and prosecutors. Uh, So it is very clear that that is the entirety of, of the deal he has. Okay, so he, he has to, and, and I read the cooperation agreement, and that's my understanding as well, is that anything that they ask into perpetuity, and not only that, but before and after his sentencing, and he has to cooperate and, and answer their questions without his own counsel present, which is kind of, I haven't seen that before in a in a plea in or at least in a cooperation agreement. Usually they can have their counsel there. He has agreed to 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 be questioned by the grand jury or by prosecutors without counsel. So just yeah, just to be clear, um, the, I think the reason that that provision is in there is in order to speed things up because he is in in custody and having bringing him out to meet with uh, prosecutors outside of. Um, outside of prison could take um, some time. So it, it's potentially uh, that they're meeting with him while he's in custody. Um, or uh, it's also possible that they were just, ha- you know, it's a way of not having to coordinate schedules with the defense. 
Now, he has the right, it says in there, that if he changes his mind, he can uh, request that his counsel is present, uh, and his counsel can, you know, then be present for a particular interview. But, you know, what this shows is that time is of the essence uh, for the Mueller team, uh, that they want to, um, you know, talk to him and down, continue downloading information. Uh, one thing that listeners should know is that uh, before getting this deal, uh, Manafort and his team would, had to, would have had to provide all the information he had to Mueller so that Mueller could evaluate whether or not it made sense to give him a cooperation deal. So we know he's given something of value. Uh, and as you point out, uh, this means now that he's on the hook uh, after he's already get, to not only give information, but also to testify uh, and cooperate in any way. And that's not just with Mueller and, and Mueller's team, but it, it indicates any other law enforcement uh, effort that he's asked to cooperate in. So that would mean any component of the Justice Department, such as the New York uh, federal prosecutors who, uh, who convicted Michael Cohen and are continuing their investigation of the Trump organization, uh, or uh, could also mean potentially state prosecutions. Ah, yes, that <clears throat> that question is going to come up in a, a minute about state crimes as well. So any uh, any prosecution, he would be required to answer questions. And I kind of like the idea that he has to be kind of at their beck and call, which he has time to do because he's in jail still. Um, I, I, I'm assuming because of the witness tampering uh, and his quote unquote flight risk status or his uh, threat to the community. But so we have uh, several questions from our listeners who uh, tweeted at me uh, to to find out if they could have their Manafort questions answered. So if you don't mind, I'd like to go into some of those questions. For sure. All right. So the first question is from Snarky Snowflake. Uh, and uh, that person wants to know if the joint defense agreement between Manafort and Trump has ended because we learned Manafort's uh, first proffer was last Tuesday and you can't apparently be cooperating and be part of that joint defense agreement, uh, as we've noted, when Flynn was backing out of it, and then a week later, he became a cooperating witness. And then uh, Cohen as well. That was kind of the cue when people backed out of that joint defense agreement. We were like, oh, they're getting ready to cooperate. So what gives with this joint defense agreement? Well, that's a great question. So all a joint defense agreement is, is it is a um, kind of a written down um a way of, of, of formalizing the fact that there could be a common interest between two different people who are under investigation in this case, or sometimes uh, in other cases, two people who have already been indicted. And it allows them to have a certain level of privilege uh, when their attorneys are talking to each other. Uh, here is so, the, the, so regardless of what's in the sheet of paper, regardless of whether or not it was formally terminated, as soon as Manafort started cooperating and started talking to Mueller, uh, that ends the common interest between him and Trump because they have divergent interests. At that point, Manafort is uh, trying to get a deal. He's, he's working towards uh, cooperation with Trump. And um, Trump obviously is, is not on Mueller's team. Now, if, if during that period of time between um, the announcement of the Manafort plea and, um, you know, the, the fir- let's say b- between the first ta- the first conversations between uh, Manafort and Mueller and the announcement of the plea, if Trump's uh, lawyer said something during that time period, I don't think it could be used uh, against them uh, or revealed by um, by Manafort's team. But that's a pretty small window at this point. Now that everyone knows that that Manafort is a cooperator, 
there that that joint in, that joint and common interest is terminated, regardless of whether that's formally been done. Uh, and there's no way that they would be able to maintain privilege uh, in those conversations. Oh, okay. So you don't you don't actually have to uh, formally quit the agreement. It's automatic once you start cooperating. So when he gave his first proffer last Tuesday, bam, the whole thing is done. Well, that's that, essentially that's right. I mean, the reason that defense attorneys do it, first of all, is you want to be upfront with the other with other people. You don't want them to, for example, disclose something to you that you could potentially that could potentially um, they could potentially argue you know you hid from them that you were cooperating with the government. They told you something that could be used against their client. So that's why you usually try to be very upfront um, about needing to exit the joint defense agreement. But regardless, I mean, they may have been. We don't know what conversations occurred between Manafort's team and Trump's team. But regardless of whether they were upfront or not, um, you the the common interest between them has ended. There's no joint defense agreement now going forward, and all the joint defense agreement is is a formal version of that common interest. And, and many defense attorneys, and I, I, you know, I'm now on the defense side. Um, you know, we I enter into joint defense agreements, but sometimes we decide not to do it formally. And then you just informally have that joint defense. So um, regardless, uh, it's, it's, it's over now. Okay. And I'm sure there's probably a clause in that joint defense agreement saying if, if either side decides to have a different uh, or uncommon interest, then this is terminated. I I would assume that language is in there. Um, I, I don't, See, I personally, I haven't dealt with a lot of these, but uh, I do deal with a lot of contracts in the industry, so I, I can see how that clause might might show up. Um, the next question comes from a couple people. Resistance schnauzers, which is amazing. Um, stand up to fascism. Addie Wolf and Kim Mishke. They all want to know if this deal is pardon proof and if there are potential state charges in play. Right. And and I think we also have to consider that there might be superseding indictments for crimes of collusion that Mueller could uh, bring up after that, if that happened. You know, there there have been some commentators who've used that language, and I don't like the language pardon proof. One thing just uh, one thing I would just encourage everyone to do when they read commentary and legal analysis is to really read it carefully. And don't if somebody's making very outlandish claims. Uh, to be very careful about um, accepting that as true. So what is what does it mean to be pardon-proof? To me, what that sounds like is, even if Manafort is pardoned, you know, he's going to go forward and cooperate, no questions asked. And that's it's the, the truth is more complicated than that, okay? If Manafort is pardoned, um, that's a good thing for Manafort, uh, no matter how you slice it. Even though Manafort is now on Mueller's team, if I'm Manafort's lawyer, of course I want him pardoned. I want him pardoned by... Not only the president, I want him pardoned by the governor of every state, right? I mean, you want him to be, obviously, you want that to be removed. Um, it, it, by the way, it really, to me, one of the interesting questions um, that, that I think will eventually get answered is why the heck Manafort had this change of heart. Because up till now, it looked like all he was doing was trying to get a pardon. He seemed like he was on Trump's team. We've had a very drastic change of heart. But regardless, if, if Trump pardons Manafort, um, you know, could that affect his cooperation? Sure. Now, then, to me, if I'm on Manafort's team, we've got some big choices to make. Manafort is still facing potential state liability. That's out there. Now, state prosecutors are not typically, um, they don't typically bring very complex white-collar 
uh, uh, cases, financial cases, like uh, Mueller's team has brought against Manafort. Now, it's possible it could happen here, but it's also possible that prosecutors in Virginia aren't going to be able to get their acts together to do that, or the penalties may not be as high. Uh, I'm not licensed in Virginia. I'm not, I don't live there. I'm not, I don't want to give you guys uh, any, um, you know, any uh, thoughts about that because I don't know, but I'm just putting that out there that that would be one of my first questions if I represented Manafort is, you know, how likely is it that he's actually going to face state charges is a practical matter, not on paper, but as a, on a, as a practical matter. And then, you know, the, 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 the other issue for Manafort is, has he already, you know, he's, he's told things to Mueller um, with, I assume, FBI agents present. Um, he may have also made, given a grand jury statement. And if he hasn't already, he, he may do that very soon. And that, that when I was a federal prosecutor, we call that locking him in because he's under oath in front of the grand jury. So, th- so what Mueller could do at that point is, even regardless of what Manafort wants to do, he could put Manafort on the stand, ask him the same questions he's already asked him. And then if Mueller, excuse me, Mueller, if Manafort says something different uh, and lies on the witness stand, then Mueller could use those statements that he gave to the FBI or those statements that he said under oath against him. Uh, and you know, he could potentially charge him for um, lying under oath or something like that. Now, obviously, then Trump could pardon Manafort for the lie under oath and it could go on and on. Uh, I hope that that kind of absurd scenario never occurs. And I'm not saying it does. But what, what I, I am saying, I'm just trying to give everyone an understanding of the complexity of it. And, and so a lot of times people who read my Twitter feed or listen to On Topic, uh, my podcast, they're getting sometimes me trying to explain a lot of shades of gray to them. And I'm doing that because I've had a lot of experience both as a federal prosecutor and defending people in complex uh, you know, uh, criminal investigations like this. And I don't want people to, to be misled into thinking that the answers are very simple. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't see it happening. But I mean, that would just be like another log on the giant pile of obstruction of justice, although it's very difficult to prove intent. Um, it, it I don't it politically would be optically very bad for him. So uh, Edith Frost and at Clinton Jenkins 85 and at Robin Rhodes are wondering if Manafort should be concerned about Russian retaliation, like his physical safety for him and his family, because I think he mentioned his family's safety or his lawyer mentioned his family's family's safety uh, as to why he was uh, doing this or taking this road. And if if witness protection is an op is an option for him. Wow, that's a great question. Uh, Look, protection of um, protection of of witnesses is is a, a key thing uh, for uh, people who are involved in investigating crime. Uh, I, you know, when I was a federal prosecutor, my office had a witness who was murdered, uh, and we often had threats against witnesses. Uh, that's a common occurrence. Um, it's not. There's there are various um, ways in which the uh, safety of witnesses is ensured. So right now, Manafort um, is in prison. He can actually be kept separated from other prisoners uh, to ensure his safety. And I believe he is. I think the, you know, I think that he right now is on his own. Um, and then on the outside, you're talking about his family. Uh, yes, his family can be protected if there's a credible threat um, against them. So there are different ways in which that's done. Uh, sometimes it's done more informally where they'll be moved to a different location, kept with um, uh, kept with whether it's uh, kept the U.S. Marshals or 
or with um, you know FBI agents or, or people associated with a program called WITSEC, which is what people um, with civilians think of as what, what they kind of call or refer to as witness protection. Um, that you know they they can be protecting them, or <laughs> there is a more formal program called WITSEC that that somebody can enter into. But there's a lot of hoops uh, involved in that. Uh, but the, the long and short of it, there are measures that can be taken to protect family. Um, it would be very interesting if that is, in fact, if that did, in fact, play a role in Manafort changing course. I think there's no question that Manafort had a very rapid change in terms of his legal strategy. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm interested in finding out what that is myself. Yeah, but it's got to be hard when you're Manafort. I mean, your face has been all over everywhere and everyone knows who you are and what you look like. And then also, you know, they're like, oh, well, in his, in his cooperation agreement, they're like, you could be asked to go undercover. And I'm like, really? You're going to put Manafort undercover? Because is he going to wear a bag over his head? Because we all know what he looks like. That is, bo- I will say to you, <laughs> that is boilerplate. There's a lot of stuff in these, like, you know, a journalist were calling me as soon as that uh, plea agreement uh, was announced, and I could tell them certain things to be in it because it's just they're they're all the same. It's standard, right? Yeah. Standard operating procedure. Yeah, I, I kind of figured, uh, as with the asset forfeiture, um, which I'll get into in a second, but um, I want to. Well, okay, well, let's just get into asset forfeiture because a lot of my a lot of my listeners are wondering. First of all, at $46 million in property, what if, first of all, what if they're mortgaged to the teeth? Uh, is that Does that debt stay with Manafort and the government gets these properties free and clear and can sell them for full price? Or do they have to short sell them? And then also, where does that money go? Does it go back to the Federal Reserve? Does it go to the Department of Justice and just hang out in their, you know, revenue uh, bag of money and they can use it for, I don't know, other spending on other cases like I'm not sure everyone kind of wanted to know where that money went because everyone's you know everyone's saying this investigation cost 28 million dollars on the high side but we just made 46 million uh in asset forfeiture paid for itself woohoo is that actually how it goes well it's not quite that simple but it is a funny point I I I was a federal prosecutor for almost a decade and so there was a number of times where there were threatened uh, government shutdowns one point we had a government shutdown and I remember um, that they shut down some of the folks doing the civil side of of, of um, the U.S. Attorney's Office, not the, the the criminal prosecutors like me, but some of the folks doing the civil work. And I thought it was hilarious because they literally make money for the government. They're the people who collect when there's you know whether it's forfeiture or collecting restitution and so on and so forth. They're the ones who who make money. Um, so it's silly that they're not uh, they weren't out there doing their job. So yeah, look, there's no question that. Um, at times, going after white collar criminals um, can uh, be a profitable venture. A lot of times, I will say it's not. A Manafort, in some ways, is a um, you know is 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 maybe in the minority because a lot of times you go after people who commit fraud or do other things like that, and they've spent all the money, uh, whether it's on ostrich jackets or something else. So uh, Manafort at least had something left at the end, some some significant amount of money, and that's a good thing for the United States. So to answer your question. Um, to start with, the, the fund is separate. It's not like it goes right back to Mueller and it just is a slush fund that, you know, hey, now we can hire more people or, or uh, you know, get new computers or whatever. Um, it, 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 it essentially is going to a, a more general fund that's not accessed by him. Um, if you're, I, will, I don't know exactly, you know, how it's viewed within Mueller's team, but I will say as a federal prosecutor, uh, w- w- back when I was doing that, there were stats 
uh, kept on asset forfeiture by U.S. attorney's offices. It's something that was considered um, by the Justice Department in terms of, you know, the performance of of, of uh, United States attorney's offices around the country. So, like, you know, the, the, the typical federal prosecutors, like the folks who have been investigating Michael Cohen and, and so forth, um, they're measured, you know, that, that office is measured by their, their asset forfeiture. And it's considered um, an important mission. I will tell you most uh, inside baseball here, most federal prosecutors are way more concerned about prison time than they are about asset forfeiture. Um, they're concerned about getting the, 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 the bad person in prison. Uh, and usually on the defense side, they know that they're going to lose the stuff anyway. So they're happy to they're, they're more concerned about prison time as well. But it's, it's important. Um, and, and I'm trying to think, what was your other question? Was there anything that I missed there? Yeah. What if these uh, properties are all in debt? What if they're all mortgaged? Yeah. And it's funny, I've represented a lender who had property forfeited one time not in private practice. So essentially, the government steps into the shoes of um, of Manafort. So just so we're clear, uh, asset forfeiture is a way for the government to uh, obtain property that either was used in criminal activity. So let's say uh, the, the criminals are using a get a, a really fancy uh, getaway car uh, or um, it, right. Or if he if he was able to buy the property using his ill gotten gains from money laundering. Oh, you know, you got it. Exactly. Right. Or for whatever else, he, he took tax proceeds that he should have been sending to the government and using them to buy something else. So they, they then the government essentially can take that, get it, it. It it becomes essentially the owner of that property. And then they have to deal with whatever liens are on it. OK, so they become the owner of the debt as well. So if 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 this forty six million dollars in property has forty five million dollars in mortgages on it, there's only a million dollars then net in asset forfeiture. Now, that's right. Now, I will say there's some complexity there because if the federal government believes that the, the, the lenders uh, entered into the loans with some sort of fraud or some there's some problem in terms of, um, the, you know, the, the loans themselves, they could the government could push back against the lenders and say, you know, this loan is invalid because you knew when you gave it to him. You know that whatever you know, there's some falsity on the on the the documents or so forth. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, let's see. Finally, uh, Man vs Playlist on Twitter wants to know if the plea deal includes Manafort getting one or both of his sweet ostrich garments back, insisting that the country deserves to know. <laughs> That's hilarious. I you know for I, it would be there'd be some poetic justice about Mr. Manafort. Uh, wearing the ostrich jacket when he gets sentenced uh, prison. Uh, but unfortunately uh, for that, uh, for comedy writers everywhere, uh, those ostrich jackets are going to be uh, owned by the federal government. Oh, so they're owned by the people now. So this is our ostrich jacket. I think it will be because he's going to owe a lot of restitution as well. So whatever's not covered by forfeiture uh, is going to restitutions. He's got to pay back the money that he's, that he stole. Essentially. So, uh, I suspect that we're going to end up, the public will end up getting those uh, one way or the other. Excellent. Do you guys hear that? We all have a brand new ostrich vest and ostrich jacket and a three-quarter sleeves python coat. So we're all very excited about that. Well, Renato, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find your podcast? So you can find it uh, on most popular podcast platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. It's called On Topic with Renato Mariotti. All right. Well, everyone, former federal prosecutor and CNN legal analyst, Renato Mariotti, thank you so much for joining us today. 
And before I wrap up, guys, uh, before I wrap up the Manafort story, there were a few other things I wanted to address. First, part of the criminal indictment was a foreign-funded and bizarre effort to smear a former Obama cabinet official as an anti-Semite back in 2012, because this U.S. cabinet member was anti-Yanukovych and pro-Temoshenko. And it's clear, though it's not mentioned, uh, the name isn't mentioned, but it's clear that this cabinet member is Hillary Clinton. Uh, This seems to be our first clue into crimes of collusion and how it might tie into the 2016 election. Uh, And finally, what do you guys think? Will Trump resign over this? Lots of folks. There's a lot of rumors going on right now, like Ron Howard, the great filmmaker, and like all these other people who have rich friends that know Trump or are close to him at his golf club or whatever, or in the White House, are saying he, he people are telling him to resign. Uh, and bookies in Vegas have put the odds at six to four now. <laughs> it's it used to be it used to be eight to eight to one or something. <laughs> it's six to four now. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think he might actually resign over this? I, I don't think so. I would. I wish he would, but I don't think he will. He'll you know, just stay as wait, long as he wait, can. Can you hear the dogs? The dogs think he will resign. I feel like they want to chime in on this. <laughs> you are very multi talented, really. So I would not put it past you that you can speak to dogs. <laughs> <laughs> the dog whisperer. <laughs> That's funny. Dude, they're going crazy. They're losing their mind. They really are. <laughs> I don't think we'll slow down anytime that. soon. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys can hear that. Uh, we're going to just keep going. Anyway, continue. What were you saying? I just don't think he'll leave. I think he's too proud. I think his, his biggest weakness is the fact that he thinks he's the smartest man in the room. And, he's too narcissistic. And, yeah, he won't let it go without a, a big it's fight. Like, remember the dog and the bone? Remember that fable? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, the dog's bone, and then he sees the bone in the water, and he drop, and he like goes to get the bone in the water, and he loses his bone, and he's fucked. Uh, actually, that has no relevance in, <laughs> in what I'm talking about. Narcissist, uh, narcissistic. Yes. Uh, pe- you're right. People who are that way, their suit, their ego, they just w- it won't let them resign. Yeah, right? I think he'll oh, barricade yeah. the White House before he leaves. <laughs> yeah. and, and you're welcome for the dog and the bone uh, story. Which is oh, not relevant. That's a little bonus content yeah, for bonus. the non-bonus. Oh shit! I'll show myself. You did out. it again, AG. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, Julie. So I saw you put that poll out on our Twitter, AG, and I voted no on it. I don't think he will resign for the same reason. Yeah, he is all too full of himself. And we started reading Fear this week. Yes, Bob Woodward's book. And holy shit, he is the most ridiculous person. He's yeah, the mo- he's the biggest truth denier. Like any, and he just he completely runs from the truth. That mm-hmm. is that is yeah. what he does. If it benefits so, him in that very moment, oh yeah, he'll yeah. flip like it's nothing. Yeah, he does yeah. not have a fucking ounce of self awareness. There's no way that dude is resigning, which yeah. makes me nervous because it's like for Mueller to rely on precedent and just issue a report. It's like I don't fucking know how that's gonna work because if Congress doesn't impeach him, also yeah, he I don't know. And he would be smart to resign because if he resigned, he could get out of this, and Pence could give him a full pardon, like oh Nick, yeah, like Ford did to Nixon. That's, Nixon knew it's better. Really, his only way to get out of this without an issue and he won't he won't do it because i i I think and i agree with both of you i think he won't i think his ego will get in the way Mm -hmm. anyway guys thank you so much for all of that reporting and wow what a crazy week we'll be right back 
Thanks for listening to Muller She Wrote. The she in Muller She Wrote is no accident. Did you know we are 100% women-owned and operated? Every single person that helps make this podcast possible identifies as a woman. Our creative and web design, our engineer and producers, our editors and digital media manager, our agent, our ad execs, our merchandising manager, and even the postal service clerk that helps me with shipping in our P.O. box. All women and all LGBTQ plus allies. We will continue to employ and partner with women as our podcast grows, but we could use your help. Please support women in podcasting by visiting MullerSheWrote.com and become a patron today. All right, you guys, ready for the Fantasy Indictment League? Yes. This is a big one this week. I drafted a Paul Manafort plea deal this week, so I get five Ooh, points. Oh and if shit. you did, you get five points, too. Well done, us. Yay, high five through the thing. Boom. Uh that was weird. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm so proud that uh, last week I was like, I think play, I think Manafort's going to make a plea deal. And he did. So yay. Yeah, five points. Awesome. I felt like it should be 100 points, but it was only five Seriously, points. Seriously, that is so big. <laughs> that's a big one. So this week I'm going to take Kushner, uh, Donald Trump Jr., the Trump Organization, Stone, and a rando. How about you guys? Mm, okay, so um, I have... Kushner. See, I want to keep all my big ones because I wish I always had Manafort, but I didn't, and it would have been a good one. Um, I'm just going to keep Kushner Jr. Um, oh, I always forget who that third one I have is. Uh, Cohen. Butina? You know what? Is she going to get any more? Does the trial count like as an extra? No, she has to have more, more yeah, charges. So I don't know. Or, I don't or know. If, she, but, if she pleads. That's, yeah, you know you what? You could actually call a Butina plea agreement. I was going to say, yeah, they're, they're due on Monday. So I'll throw Butina in there. So that's for... Plea agreement or charges? Um, I'm, I'm, ooh, charges. All right. Yeah. And, uh, and then a random. That was weird. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, all right. <clears throat> <laughs> With our weird, low, sick voices. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to do Kushner, DTJ, Trump Org, and then two foreign entities. Entities? Entities. Humidities? Yes, humidities. <laughs> entities. <laughs> Excellent. All right, so those are our picks for this week. All right, you guys ready for sabotage? Yeah. Yes. And joining us today for Sabotage is the co-founder of the Dem Coalition and host of the Dworkin Report podcast. He's one of the guys behind the filing of two ethics complaints against Kavanaugh this past week to the D.C. District Court and a good friend of the pod. Please welcome Scott Dworkin. How you doing? Good. How have you been? Been uh, pretty good. You know, democracy is slowly dying, but uh, restoring it through justice is is uh, pretty tasty. I mean, you know, it's something. It's it something. Was, it was It was a big week for that, so... Yeah, I'm excited about what's next, you know? I am. And speaking of what's next, we wanted to call you because you're kind of one of the most knowledgeable people of of all of these strings of the investigation. And I wanted to know who you thought um, were going to be the next group of indictments. Well, thank you very much. That's a a high compliment, especially coming from you, AG. I appreciate it. I do. Um, you know, I, I would say that up up next first is an obvious choice, and that that'd be Roger Stone. I think that uh, he's going to get indicted. Um, you know, in the next, uh, I'm not going to give a timeline because I I don't 
I don't know how short it can be from now, um, but I would say next week or month. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> do you think? Uh, do you think he can be indicted without Andrew Miller's testimony? Yes, yes, okay. I, I do. I, I think he can. I think they have enough evidence against him already, um, and enough people testifying against him to be indicted. All right, good. Yeah, that's what we were thinking too. So I, I, I put Stone on my team this week. So, who you got next? Good call. That's a good call. Um, you know, two other obvious ones, uh, especially with Manafort flipping. And so this is, a, I would say, a given. Uh, Kushner and Don Jr., um, both I batched them together because it, it's probably going to be uh, um, uh, relating to the, the meeting in Trump Tower and the aftermath of that and uh, Jared's uh, involvement on that with, with Don Jr. And so those are my, uh, those are my top three choices I'd say now I've got two two surprises coming up, so brace yourself. All right. Uh, all right. The, the the fourth person, I believe, is Ivanka Trump. Is that because of the Trump Organization's uh, involvement in the Cohen payments? She's involved with every single thing that involves Russia, every single thing that involves the Trump uh, Organization, everything that involves the Trump Foundation. And uh, she's the only other person besides maybe Don Jr. that is connected to everyone and everything. Uh, besides Donald Trump himself. Uh, and, and I think that, uh, you know, it's going to be probably pretty clear, you know, very, very soon uh, how in trouble she is. Um, and so that that would be my fourth pick. I know, you know, people think that that'd be like a PR disaster for Mueller or something. But I, I think when it comes out that she's basically a, a mafia boss, uh, that, it, you know, it, it's clear that obviously she doesn't care about children. She doesn't care about anything else going on. Kavanaugh, the nomination, she's not influencing the White House in any way. I think that, uh, you know, she's going to be she's going to be the fourth on that list. And do you think they'll get it for everything, including like her uh, that Azerbaijani hotel that she was all mixed up in and, and or oh, pr- yeah, pretty I'm much everything? Trump, Soho, Arizona, uh, Illinois. Um, she's going to be tied to all of that. And then and, and Azerbaijan, uh, Ukraine work. As well, because keep in mind, you know, Donald and her went to Ukraine uh, to do business there when Manafort was working there. All right. So who's your fifth surprise? I, I didn't have her. I had the Trump organization. So I'm actually going to replace. I had DT Jr. and Kushner and Stone. Those were my first three. And I'm going to replace the Trump organization with Ivanka uh, because and I, I put the Trump organization knowing that it's rare that an entity or a business would actually get charged. It's usually the executives in that business. So I think that's why I'll switch switch that over to Ivanka. And who's your fifth? Yeah, this is an interesting uh, one here because it's uh, it's uh, it's weird. I, I have it between a couple people that I had to choose, uh, but my my number one choice here, I'm going to have to choose between the three. And I can tell you how uh, all three, but uh, my my top one out of those, I'd say, is going to be Charles Kushner. Is that Kushner's dad? That is Kushner's dad. And he, uh, you know, we've we found that he actually is serving, it seems, more of a, an advisory role than we ever thought. He's been uh, to many White House events, and we have him on video there um, with their uh, brother, Joshua Kushner, and uh, who was in Russia around the time of the start of the campaign with the wives of the different uh, oligarchs. And we have video and pictures of that as well. But uh, I, I think Charles Kushner was involved with all of this. And I think he also was, uh, he was in Europe around the t- different different times uh, in Belarus and 
uh, other other places uh, around the time that this was all going on. And uh, he obviously is a criminal. So I don't think that that uh, I don't think anything's changed in that family. Um, the backup, the backup three, which is an interesting one because I don't credit them as the same kind of line. Um, but, you know, Nunez, Rohrbacher and Hannity, those are the three that I would keep an eye on. Those are the three that I'd keep an eye on as to investigations being announced against them, that they've been probed the entire time, uh, and that the fact that they, uh, you know, probably committed some crimes. Yeah, um, we definitely have them on our roster, uh, but I had I had I hadn't brought any into play yet. I was kind of waiting uh, for basically the collusion dominoes to start falling, if you will. And I realize collusion is not a crime, but there's like 900 crimes that can be. Like in the in the uh, Rosenstein's memo, he says uh, as a Department of Justice representative that there are crimes of collusion that are going to be investigated. So I'm, that can be a whole host of any number of things. Yeah, I'd say that, you know, collusion is a crime in the way that we're defining it because it's the, the, the law that would be broken is conspiring against the United States, you know, as you know, obviously. Um, but I, I think that, uh, you know, that's a Trump trap. So I just I, what I say nowadays is, yeah, collusion, he colluded, it's illegal. And the, the law he'd be charged with breaking is conspiring against the United States because I don't want him to win that collusion argument. I don't want to have to define it every single time. Sure. And. Yes. At the same time, he he did. He colluded or whatever you want to say, uh, you know, or you can simplify it and say, did he work with it? Uh, was he knowledgeable of um, did he assist? Did he let it happen in regards to Russia attack the United States? On top of that, did he with his uh, company conspire against the United States without Russia? Did he conspire against the United States with his family? Did he conspire against the United States with his foundation? Did he conspire against the United States with his campaign? And, and I think those are the, the key elements as well, because those, you know, I, I think it, it, there's one common denominator here. Uh, you know, a lot of people are getting charged with conspiring against the United States. Uh, and it, whether or not it's with Russia may not matter, uh, because, again, if they're plotting a criminal plot, um, knowledgeably, you know, committing a crime against the United States, and uh, that can uh, be conspiracy without Russia involved. Yeah, and I mean, you break it down to what, so I think it's section 52 of the U.S. Code 30121, section 30121, and it's, you know, you you can't work with a foreign entity to get anything that is of value, um, and that's a felony, right? And then also a felony, which a lot of Trump supporters don't realize, is knowing that a felony happens and not doing anything about it or not reporting it is misprision, I think, and that's also a felony. Right, not being knowledgeable about it. And so it, it's uh, the, the corroborating evidence, as in the testimony from Manafort, I think one of the most important things from that um, would be, in that case, his knowledge and the fact that he knew, and Cohen agrees with that. And eventually, you know, these are criminals now, so it's hard to take their word for it. It's hard for juries to take their word for it. Um, but I, I would say, you know, as you get these, as you get dozens of people who flip on them, Dozens of people who interviewed and, and said, yeah, he knew about, you know, what was going on. He drafted that Don Jr. letter uh, to obstruct justice. Um, you know, there's just so many things. The great thing I, I think is going to happen is Mueller will lay it out, um, you know, potentially not in just one report, potentially in multiple reports uh, laid out in a, in a timeline and, and uh, 
you know, laid out different crimes that uh, Trump was involved with that implicates him and recommends impeachment with every single report. Um, but, we, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, I hate saying that because that's what Trump says. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens, you know. know. And it's like, oh, OK, so he's just going to, like, do everything he can to rip everybody to shreds. Um, but I, I think we're uh, we're in store for the, you know, I think it's going to be a whole gauntlet between now and the election of uh, making sure that it's very, very clear, you know, everything that he's done uh, from, I guess, starting to run and before then uh, has been running a criminal enterprise that uh, has helped launder over a billion dollars for uh, Russian government and related entities of the Russian government and military. Yeah. And apart from writing a report or a recommendation to Congress or whomever he turns it over to based on what Rosenstein says, he can speak volumes in upcoming indictments. He can lay it all out in a in a like what they call a speaking indictment. And uh, and it would be there. It, that is another way to report it to the public. Right. And he could also present his findings, you know, like other other folks have uh, publicly. He can start speaking uh, about different matters. And, and, you know, keep in mind, who who did Flynn flip on? You know, who who are these people that he's tattling on? It's not. And how do you get connected to the Russians in the first place? You know, what I mean, uh, it, these are there, there's a lot of questions here as to what these people are saying. I think Papadopoulos told more than we think and that we know. Obviously, he did. Um, one thing that Renato Mariotti, the CNN analyst, told me today is that uh, Manafort has already told Mueller everything he knows. Uh, you think? I know they had their first proffer session on Tuesday. You think it's all out there already? He's a former federal prosecutor. You know, it, it, I would take it. I'd take his word, you know, take it with a grain of salt as, as would anybody. Um, but he was very certain that, you know, they're not going to move forward without with a deal or anything without having everything on the table already, the evidence and the, the corroborating testimony as well. But I just found that surprising and that that'll be in our podcast on Monday or tomorrow. Good point. Now it'll be in my podcast on Monday. <laughs> uh, one last quick question for you before I let you go. What's going on with Pence? Because, I mean, a lot of my listeners, uh, let's see, we've got at McKenna 9999. We have at underscore radiator cat at Kevin Corcoran and the real Mike Rudd and Romney T. Marino, just to name a few. They're all asking me. Uh, now that Manafort's cooperating, what's going to happen to Pence? Well, Pence has his own Russian ties, uh, but I don't think that it involved the campaign and, and things like that. It may have been more like a, a setup because it's through religion, um, the Russian Orthodox Church and whatnot. Uh, I think his biggest problem right now is going back to that being knowledgeable of. And the, the fact is, on November 17th, I submitted uh, to... The DOJ, I believe, uh, a, a complaint on uh, him for being or no, on Flynn. And uh, what we did is we certified it and sent it to uh, to Pence as well, because he was he was uh, helping to run the transition that was starting up um, uh, in tandem with that. Congress uh, Congressman Cummings sent a certified letter from Congress directly to Mike Pence, alerting him that uh, Flynn was paid by the. Uh, Russian government and uh, was a working agent, an unregistered foreign agent for the Russian government. So Pence doesn't have that paper trail is rock solid. He had to have gotten it delivered. There's no way he wasn't aware of that. And uh, so being knowledgeable of that beyond the beyond the pale, I mean, like he 
he really there's a lot of evidence that implicates him for knowing that Flynn was a foreign agent for Russia and then they hired him anyways. And he was cool with it. And he lied to the American people multiple times about it. Uh, and there's a lot of different instances as well where he's where he's lied. I think if I'm uh, in the White House right now, I'd be most nervous if I'm Mike Pence and also most excited. It's like a combination of things. You know, what's Donald going to do next? But at the same time, like, am I next to be thrown under the bus if he thinks that I'm trying to make a move or he thinks that Republicans start turning on him? You know, is he going to try and bury Mike Pence and push him out the door? I would assume that Donald would would do that before Donald goes down himself. But uh, yeah, Pence is Pence is more corrupt than you know, we need to stop thinking of people like Pence and Kavanaugh, soft-spoken white dudes. You know, we need to stop thinking of them as, you know, any kind of peaceful, peaceful people. These are uh, radical. These are people that uh, have radical views and uh, they don't align with most mainstream ideologies in America. Uh, and they're very conservative, right-wing uh, viewpoints. And, and so, you know, if we talk about who's running the government, who's locking kids in cages, who's doing all this stuff in the legislation, who's working with the Senate and the House, that's Pence. And so Pence is quarterbacking most of this legislation, or not legislation, most of this horror uh, that's going on in the border, most of the, the any legislation that's getting passed, and Trump's just acting as the clown, deflecting everything else. Um, so, you know, I, I really think that at the end of the day, we're going to find out how uh, how evil Pence has has become and how evil he's always been because this all started way back in the day, especially with Tea Party stuff. Pence is one of the bigger pushers of all this nonsense, and he just remains. Oh, I don't don't really know much about that. I don't, and, and so I I just think that he's going to be exposed. I think he's going to be exposed, and it probably would be by Donald, if not uh, by Mueller. All right. Well, I am definitely going to uh, update to Kushner Kushner. Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka, and Stone. And uh, I really thank you for coming on today, everybody. This is the co-founder of the Dem Coalition, host of the Dworkin Report podcast. Please check it out. It's awesome. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. Scott Dworkin. Thank you. It's time for Q&A. Da, da, da. We're going to read some reviews. That's a song for this segment. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, all right. So we <laughs> I wanted to. We got a really a, gr- a good handful of really terrible reviews this week. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to share them with you guys. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start. Uh, Bill Automata says, needs an editor. Two stars. One hour and 42 minutes is long, and there's a ton of filler. You don't even know our B-roll. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, haven't even, we haven't even released our B-roll. Someone should tell him. He has no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, two stars from that guy. What do you got, Jaleesa? Oh, um, okay. So I have from Mo Luan. Um, she put one star. Two leftists, sound quality poor, I deleted. <laughs> I deleted. I got a couple others. Uh, this is by We Are Screwed. Um, <laughs> one star, such total ignorance is unimaginable. Shallow is not a good enough to describe. They, they don't use word. It's uh, not a good enough to it's describe. It's not a good enough to describe this lack of depth. Zero curiosity on display. Zero curiosity on display? Yeah, yeah. This is my favorite, though. It says, opinion mostly. Um, just a few witty girls, hey, pretending to know facts about a case that has yet to play out. <laughs> Are we all just pretending to know facts? Isn't that, yeah. Didn't you just describe the news? <laughs> How do you really know a fact? You, th- you think I'm witty? <laughs> what is money? Yeah. <laughs> what you got, Jordan? I'm on um, uh, okay, I sickness got... pills. Sorry. <laughs> 
I got a, this person actually likes the podcast, but she said funny things. Or he. Uh, oh, wait, no. Well, I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Chrissy, Chrissy V. Yes. Yes. Chrissy V. We don't know her, his pronoun. Yes. Titled, they say. Yes. They say. Uh, the title is great. Stop with the stupid music. <laughs> I really, I really like the podcast. It provides important information that I want to know. However, you play that stupid music from that stupid game show while you're giving the important information. It's irritating. I can't hear what I want, and it takes away from the importance of the information. So quit playing the stupid music, stupid. <laughs> Mom, is that you? What, what music are they talking about? The uh, game show game, music, which, yeah. The which? NFL music, like Sabbath. The whole idea is that they don't like when we take oh, like serious topics and, and, and just put anything, or even the Law and Order one, like just game shows, TV show music. I thought maybe she was talking about the girl from Ipanema. Yeah, oh, me too. Really? That's what I thought too. Is that a game show? That one no. seems pretty serious. Yeah, I didn't even know the origin of that one. No, that's the girl for me, but that's not a game show. Probably... I mean, I could see how you could think it would be a game show. Mm-hmm. The Maybe an- she listened to episode one where we played the Jeopardy music in the background. Oh. <gasps> that could be what she's talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, Chrissy, get past episode one. Get past episode one. It's very important. One but thank you for listening if we're liking it. Yeah, yeah. we're on 46 season two. So just, I always forget that. Yeah. I feel like people would get bored if we didn't have sound clips, though. You know? Yeah. I feel like as well. But this week, I, I want to start, I want to take out that channel change. Oh, yeah. We got a lot oh, of Oh, yeah. Entirely. Like just that. remove it. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. I've gotten two complaints yeah, hey, that'll and do that's it. enough for me. Well, there that's was a, a whole party. thread about it. Did you see? <laughs> People was? are very split. Yes, oh. on, our, on our Patreon group. Oh. Well, who, if you want to get in on the juicy juice, yeah. if you're gonna miss the sound, just just look it up on YouTube. I feel like, uh, yeah. yeah, if you need to get, get a white so noise machine, we're gonna take that sound out. But then somewhere in the episode, we're gonna hide a really loud one, just like just <laughs> randomly, and then it's gonna scare yeah. you. And then we're gonna go, ha ha. No, we're not gonna do that. Yeah. We're gonna take the sound out. Don't worry. Yes, yes. Any other bad reviews that we got this week? Oh, um. You know, I think that's it for yeah for this this past couple of weeks. But um, hey guys, keep them coming. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. We, we did get an email about someone. Oh, remember the email from the person that really didn't like our giggling? Yeah, yeah, that happened. Oh yeah, quit giggling. But then they were like, "No, I really love the podcast. I didn't mean to offend you." And I'm like, "Well, we're comedians, uh, and women laugh." And she, and I think they were like, <laughs> and then she oh. said, oh, oh, here's one. She said, oh, it doesn't come across. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one's called op-ed writer. That's their name. Oh. Yeah. A, uh, AG versus panel. They gave us four stars. So here's their complaint. Okay. AG is great, but her colleagues are less informed. <laughs> this is true. Uh, yeah. Got well, me there. <laughs> I do 25 to 40 hours of research yeah. a week. Yeah. It's, uh, I'd like you, to. Fu- yeah. If yeah, you no. guys had the time, I'm sure you would. But well, like the whole idea in between of this- smoke and weed, I just I don't <laughs> know if I can squeeze it in. Really. The whole idea of this podcast was to have you guys on and like so that you would ask questions of me and I would answer questions because you guys would have the same questions as the rest of the universe would have, right? Like that was the initial, remember when we first started the pod? Yeah. And I'm like, so you guys don't, get too all researchy just be yourselves and ask me questions exactly i'll answer the questions because those are what that's what people yeah want yeah we represent the people so that was kind of the whole idea but now we're all super informed so yeah, yeah we I've are always been into politics too so unfortunately that was always going to be harder yeah for yeah <laughs> true true yeah yeah well I, we we lost a star that was a four star review yeah yeah it could have been a perfect score there hey we're human yeah too I ranty like- <laughs> Three oh, that stars. Was, that was over the Malcolm Nance interview. I Bone think. Bone Tastica. <laughs> that sounds like okay. 
Yeah. They're trying to pit us against each other, guys. Don't let them tear us apart. I like this segment where we just read negative reviews and laugh. It's it's very humble. <gasps> this is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two, we're so awesome because we're that humble. Okay, too ranty. I don't know what's Three stars. Malcolm Nance's rant was annoying AF. What Ooh. I could tolerate on my first episode... Ooh, consisted of too much editorializing, not enough information. I don't have time for a rambling podcast. Hmm. We are actually pretty strict like on our too. structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. Hey, yeah. man. You, yeah, you know what? You want NPR? Go to NPR. Uh, they're, right, they're right there. They really are. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the time. Literally, for free. The icon is right next to Apple Podcasts it's on my true. phone. It's, it's like literally right there. I got a fun one. You want to hear this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's three stars uh, by Baby Dragon Sister. They say uh, the subject is great info, annoying delivery. <laughs> I say I appreciate AG and think her info and context are fantastic. Her sidekicks jokes go on too long and are not that funny. And stop talking about beans. <laughs> Anyone ever thought it was cute or clever? I never did. I guarantee you they are sick of it by now. Just stop. The info and insight AG brings to the table are interesting enough in their own right. You don't need corny jokes or forced profanity to keep our attention. Forced profanity? Well, it's baby, accidental profanity. Yeah. It's pretty profanity. natural. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's take a poll. You guys, let me know. Do you want to keep Beans? I, I think Beans has or taken on... you want to keep me and Jaleesa? Yeah, you <laughs> repl- replace us with Beans. <laughs> just, just a pile of Beans. <laughs> I want to do a magic trick now where I go like... like huddle, like I put a blanket over you and I pull the blanket back and it's just Beans. beans yeah, forever. yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I think, again, I think these are fair comments that these people are making, you know? They can, totally. they can have... The, it totally makes sense that some people are going to think that stuff and that's fine. Beans is completely stupid the reason is like that's what the joke was is that it's completely ridiculous Uh, people love it i didn't think they would so i mean this person obviously hates it but i've seen so many people just like they love it and people want shirts and yeah things that say it and i'm like i don't know if we have the you're either team beans or yeah (laughs) team beans or team no beans yeah their hatred for beans is suspicious yeah do you secretly love beans are you a bean (laughs) Team Beano. The self-hatred is deep. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, who hates beans? Actually, I hate beans. Now that we're actually on the topic, I, I don't eat beans. But I, I love the you phrase. You don't eat any vegetable or legume. Exactly. You're like just meat. I don't discriminate. I hate all beans. Like, They're all veggies. Yeah. Bring me meat and cheese. That's <laughs> yeah, right. carbs. I'm all about carbs. <laughs> carbs, meat, and cheese. Yeah. Which is amazing because Jaleesa is by far like the most in-shape person I know. <laughs> She's so tiny. But when I suddenly die, you'll all know why. How do you eat so many carbs and maintain that? I don't even know. I've evolved. Yeah. Beach body. Everyone go to be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they didn't pay That's us. That's the secret. Us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Guys, this has been an insane show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, uh, there was a lot of, you know, just like they said in those reviews, there was a lot of uh, jokes giggling. that went on too long. Oh, there was yeah. A lot of giggling. Yeah. Um, Might have been some beans. Come yeah. back. Catch us. I think it's either Wednesday or Thursday when we're going to do. Um, the chapters one through three from Fear by Bob 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 that lady's response is amazing. Yeah, just deadpan, just one sentence. Huh. Yeah. It doesn't come across. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. I was like, all right, well, I can't that. argue with that. 
Yeah, <laughs> comedy is subjective. Fair enough. We are a news and politics podcast. Yeah. We try to keep... Anyway. Um, all right. I need to take a nap uh, and some, some Sudafed or some sort of medicine. You get to tweet out a picture of the painting, too. We got to put that out oh, on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Lisa painted a painting of us. It's amazing. It's uh, very... Um, it's kind of kind of conceited now that I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put our faces on a mountain. Yeah. It kind of it kind of goes along with that other review where AG is awesome but she's just a little too into herself. Yeah, but <laughs> and you know now you've put my face on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I take it as self-love, you know, I feel. Yeah. Well, yeah. if a bunch of women actually uh believe in themselves too much, that's okay. I feel like we can maybe course correct we the, rest of, yeah. the rest well the pendulum <laughs> swing hard the other way for a minute <laughs> just, just a minute a <laughs> yeah. you're lucky i didn't talk about serena williams this week i would have gone off oh man it's <laughs> a whole episode there it yeah. is we might do a bonus app let's do a bonus app on serena oh. williams you guys become a patron you'll get the bonus episode you get the book club you get the painting picture in the newsletter you get a million dollars you get no you don't get a million dollars if i don't get it you don't get it right so yeah anyway um we'll be ordering new calendars too uh, sexy justice calendars starting for because the old ones are from July to July the new ones are going to be from January uh, for just for next year very nice year. so check that out our new online store militiawrote.com mm-hmm. we love you so much thank you for joining us I've been AG I've been Jaleesa Johnson I've been Jordan Coburn and this is Muller She Wrote Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson our sound engineering is courtesy of Resonant Recordings our digital media director and subscriber managers are Jordan Coburn, Sarah Lee Steiner, and Sarah Hirschberger-Valencia. Fact-checking and research by AG, with support from Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com. They might be giants have been on the road for too long. Too long. And they might be giants aren't even sorry. Not even sorry. And audiences like the shows too much. Too much. And now they might be giants are playing their breakthrough album Flood. All of it. And they still have time for other songs. They're fooling around. Who can stop They Might Be Giants and their liberal rock agenda? Who? No one. This happens to pay for with somebody else's money. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client 
the judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is lawyers, guns, and money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.